the curse of the devil. Exorcism, a sacrifice, blessing, or bestiality. The curse of the devil. Satan in control of the body and the mind. My love will destroy the creation. I swear that you'll find it. Welcome to the Nashy Cast. I am Rod Barnett. I am Troy Gwynn. And tonight we bring you yet another episode in our long lingering series of uh, 55 plus. Well, yeah. this would be 55. 50, yeah. <laughs> episode 55 of the Nashy Cast, where we're going to be talking about uh, another uh, 70s offering from uh, Paul Nashy, a, a film that he only has a small part in. Uh, which is uh, just putting it mildly. <laughs> to put it, yeah, to put it mildly. He's in, the, he's in a single scene. I think this film probably was maybe this may be the least. That we knew about any film we've done yet. I mean, as far as going in, just completely blind, uh, not having any idea what the story was, you know, what what kind of film it was, uh, how much Nashie was in it or involved with it, you know. So I'd seen some stills from it, so I knew it involved some nudity. Yeah, but that is all I knew. Well, that I think that was the deal sealer for us too. (laughs) We decided to, yeah, we'll do this film. Yes, a completely nude woman laying in a bed, stroking a white cat. Oh, that's 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 the best scene in the film, man. Well, look at that. That's awesome. (laughs) Really, that's your that's your your choice for best scene. Okay. I mean, you know, far be it for me to argue, but uh, all right. hey, I'm an art lover. What can I tell you? Yes. <laughs> well, we will talk about the symbolism of that. Space. Yes. Ooh, what could it mean? What could what it mean? Could it, it mean, mean? <laughs> a naked woman stroking a, a cat. Pussy. And then, yeah. Now, cat. see, you even went there. Pussy cat. What is it? Pussy cat. What? <laughs> Stroking her feline companion is what you should have said. Stroking her feline companion. Uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm reminded of that, that joke on the Johnny Carson show years ago with Zsa Zsa Gabor. Oh, yeah. She had a cat in her lap oh, yeah. on the panel, and, and she she's messing with Carson something fierce and yeah. says, do you, do you want to pet my pussy? And he goes, yeah, if you get that cat out of your mouth. <laughs> Which is one of those things where it's like, oh my God, he got away with oh, that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, he did. So anyway, uh, no, tonight uh, we'll be talking about that particular Paul Nashy film. We'll also uh, talk about a few other things along the way. Um we just we've just exited. This is November, of course, and uh, we're we're all we're all prepping. I don't I don't know what you. I'm doing uh, <clears throat> I'm doing uh, lots of uh, of exercise and preparation for for uh, ingesting turkey. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Here in the United the gorging States, gorging season see, is upon us. It's yeah. true. The, the gorging season is upon us. <laughs> but uh, yes, here in America, you see people uh, from around the world that well, it is a tradition to uh, on a particular day in late November to uh, turn the television on to a sporting event known as football mm-hmm. and then sit in front of it and eat enough dead bird mm-hmm. to kill a normal human. Now, apparently you can only get away with this one day a year <laughs> before someone starts to call you a glutton and other mm-hmm. severely <laughs> awful names. 
But, but the thing is, if you get enough tryptophan in your system, you can actually follow the football better. As it's the, fo- the game actually <laughs> slows down for you, you know, as you watch it, so you can tell what you can you can see, you know. Well, what. actually, I think this year I may tr- I'm going to try if I'm if I'm someplace I don't know that I will be. I don't, if, I'm, if I'm someplace where I can actually stream, uh, the the annual Mystery Science Theater Turkey Day will be mm-hmm. streaming online, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. is always a yeah. that is always a joy to to watch. You know, mm-hmm. bad movies with uh, Joel and the bots, yeah. and uh, have a good time with it. Oh, by the way, you do realize that. There's a Kickstarter thing going now. Yes, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good thing back. to bring up, people, in yeah. case people aren't. Oh, yes, I'm very aware of that. It's very exciting news. I have joined. Uh, I have joined in. Oh yeah, yeah. I gave them seven hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> that. <laughs> 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 there, I want, go. well, I there, this, goes, there goes I want, my Christmas no, I, want, yeah, I want this a lot <laughs> I gave them money that I stole no, uh, no 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 but there is a, a Kickstarter right now for uh, for Joel Hodgson is bringing back Mystery Science Theater now mm-hmm. uh, the, the downside to me is that uh, he, although he is involved, uh, I don't think any of the other any original other guys, folks yeah. are involved, which is which is a shame. But I mean, you can hardly you can hardly fault them. I mean, the yeah. rift tra- the rift, rift tracks, tracks going well trio are, are doing quite mm-hmm. well on their own, mm-hmm. and um, the other people are definitely involved. I mean, like Frank Conniff has boy, he's got tons of irons in the fire, yeah. and a lot of yeah. the other people involved have got stuff going on as well. But uh, bringing back Mystery Science Theater. Uh, that's a good thing. I like I say, I've already kicked in on the Kickstarter as well. I mm-hmm. want to. I want to be mm-hmm. in on the ground floor on mm-hmm. this, and uh, that is something that if you if you're curious and interested, uh, Google Kickstarter Mystery Science Theater three thousand, and I think you will be able to find it easily yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember when the Kickstarter is over. I hate, I hate to admit it. I don't. Oh, gosh, it was. Um, it still had a while to go. I think. Yeah, it's, it's couple, got a while to go. Like, but I, I just I just yeah, can't I remember. remember how, I can't date. remember if it's like for the rest of this year or. Yeah, I don't whatever. either. But yeah, well, I hope they hope they. I definitely can go and contribute too because I would uh, I would love to see them doing something again. Let's see Joel doing something again there. True, so. true. Have you been uh, Have you been able to get out to see the uh, the new Bond film Spectre? I'm glad you brought it up because no, the answer is no. But I was going to ask you, knowing that you were the yeah. Bond fan, I was going to. I knew you must have already seen it, so I was going oh, to yeah. get your take on it and see what you thought. Um. This is the fourth Daniel Craig film. Yeah. Uh, he has now, to my mind, first of all, I like Spectre. I don't think it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really kind of weird. Um, Craig's four films, he now has run the gamut for me uh, on the on the plus side of having two fantastic films. I mm-hmm. think Casino Royale and Skyfall are phenomenal movies. Mm-hmm. One that could have been a good movie if somebody competent had edited the action sequences, and that would be Quantum of Solace. Mm-hmm. A movie that I remember walking out of and going, you know, there's a good movie in there somewhere, mm-hmm. but it got mostly left on the cutting room floor mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the story is just fine. The story of Quantum mm-hmm. of Solace is fine, but the action scenes were edited like, like an epileptic had a had a <laughs> had a blender and just threw it at the footage. I don't know yeah. what the fuck was going on, but it was. It's directed by the same. That that's the problem. Is they mm. the, the director the director involved in Quantum of Solace is the same guy who uh, directed uh, World War Z. And if you've tried to watch the action scenes in World War Z and figure out what the fuck is going on, you know what I'm talking <laughs> about. The uh, that see that World War Z mm. is one of those movies that. Overall, I like the film okay. Mm, yeah, no, no, what you're saying about the action sequences. I mean, yeah, it was it was a pretty good film, but once again, but not one that I I can see myself wanting to revisit at any point. I mean, once was kind of enough. I mean, it was entertaining enough, but you're right, it it it, it, it didn't really stick with you much, you know. It's, and, it, just, and it's the action editing. Yeah, it's this yeah. this hyper this is hyper spastic, mm-hmm. you know, 
instant, you know, millisecond edits to to show me someone's elbow and then a flash of light and then someone's gritted teeth and motion. You know, it's like, um, I can't really, I have no context for what you're showing me, so I don't know what the hell is happening on screen. Uh, And that is the problem with Quantum of Solace, which is a real shame because uh, Craig is working his ass off and so is the rest of the cast. And there's obviously a story there, but Mm. every time you get, it's it's one of the only... (laughs) One of the, the, the tar- terrible things about a number of the Roger Moore Bond films is that the the scripts often got so damn lazy in the Moore films mm. that you just were you you honestly were just like okay yeah plot 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 <laughs> just get to the action scene because it's the only it's going to be the only interesting part of this fucking movie just get to the action scene and then uh, and the babes you know and the well babes yeah the babes bikinis, are fine too but it's one of those things where that's what Quantum of Solace felt like which it I mean it felt like the flip opposite of it which is. Oh no no! Please keep telling me the story. Because oh, please keep telling me the story. <laughs> yeah. no, no, oh, that's great! You got you got Felix Leiter in this scene, and it's a, it's a neat little scene. Cool, cool. Oh shit! The action started now. I can't tell what's happening anymore. Mm. And that's the problem with Quantum of Solace. So, um, I'm. It's the only Bond film I actually wish somebody would go back and fix. Yeah. Because it's obvious that it's fixable. Yeah. They shot the stuff. They shot it. It's mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. It's just not on the screen. It's just depressing. Hmm. And Spectre is not nearly as good as Casino or Royale or uh, or Skyfall. It's not bad. Yeah. Uh, but it has, unfortunately, all the flaws that uh, James Bond films can fall into. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll just say this. I enjoyed the film. Don't get me wrong. But there were two points in the film, and I remember them distinctly, mm. when we changed locations and I honestly was questioning, wait a minute, why are we here? Yeah. So yeah. to my mind, the story's not being communicated effectively enough because yeah. because yeah. of that. I mean, that, yeah. that's your tell. Yeah, is that, sure. Yeah. Wait a minute, why no, are we here? Yeah. yeah. Why are we here again? Yeah. And But that's okay. Uh, the, the, film, the film is pretty good. It's, so Craig now has four Bond films, one that is a damn mess, two that are superb, and one that is... A mid-range Bond film, and Inspector mm. is that. Well, that's a kinda, mid-range Bond. Okay, well, that answers the other question I was going to have. Was I was going to see if you were able, or if you needed to, without rewatching them all back to back, if you could actually rank the four films. But it sounds to me like it's pretty easy for you to oh, yeah. rank it like that. Basically, Quantum of Solace is fourth. Spectre would be third, and then it would just be a matter of which you liked best between <clears throat> Skyfall and Casino Royale. Yeah, I'm, most people would probably put. Skyfall ahead of Casino Royale, but I think Casino Royale is is a bit better in that it had the harder lift. Yeah, uh, Casino Royale was uh, one of the most effective reboots of, yeah. of, a, yeah. of, a, of a character, an ongoing character mm-hmm. I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Is very effectively done. It mm-hmm. did it. Yeah. It did it with great economy mm-hmm. and a lot of emotion and a, and a, a lot of uh, extremely effective character development and uh, character. Uh, Let's just say that it, it, Quantum of Solace gets an kind of uh, gets the edge for me for being a more difficult task. Yeah, uh, Skyfall is a fantastic film. Don't get me wrong. Plus, Casino Royale, Royale had Eva Green, which is you know, like, <laughs> my God, that woman, and then the work she's doing. Oh God, I mean, talk about. I mean, if she doesn't get any kind of award for her work on Penny Dreadful, man, I mean, she I don't is, think she will. No, um, she won't because it's, it's, it's the genre, kind of thing that we'll get. Work. But my gosh, she's just doing astounding work. Well, let's that, put it. Let's let's put show. it this way: actresses in. Uh, well, first of all, it's very hard for actresses who aren't in uh, just straight ahead dramas to get yeah. noticed by right. a, at award season, mm-hmm. and unless uh, the show is just mind bendingly 
popular like Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is so popular they couldn't ignore the actors on that that show, even though it's a genre True. show because it's so popular. Which but Penny have Dreadful any, is definitely have any of the female have any of the female actors actually gotten any awards though? I don't know. That may not. I mean, they may. See, that's what I'm talking about. For women, for for female actors, it becomes a very difficult thing because, first of all, if it's not a drama, it's almost as if they don't know how to Mm. vote for it. It's almost as if they're like they can't. They don't know how to deal with it. And so you put women Mm. who are doing exceptional work in fantasy or science fiction. Penny Dreadful. Oh, the girl that's doing Orphan, Orphan Black. Black. I mean, that girl, right. the work she does in that is just incredible. Game of Thrones. Yeah. And you look yeah. at that, and, and it's almost as if they don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, so. it's, it's like they're afraid. Mm-hmm. I, it's almost that It's almost that, uh, that outside genre uh, fear that people have of, oh, well, people will know I watch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, everybody watches it. Shut yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, after Daredevil yeah. dropped on Netflix, all I could hear for two weeks was, yes. "Holy shit!" The you know yeah. the the hallway fight in episode three. Oh my you know? god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, everybody watches it, and mm. you need, and you know mm-hmm. it, need, it needs to be the kind of thing that I mean, I, I don't know what it's going to take to get people over this. Yeah, uh, but it's I, it may be something about just the elements of a genre film when we're talking about sci-fi horror that sort of thing that that somehow just kind of. People takes people out of thinking in terms of acting actors like noticing what the work actors do because there's so many elements and so many kind of larger than life elements that are kind of gathering garnering their attention more or something. See, I used I used to think something. I used to think something similar along those lines, Um, but let's put let's put it this way. When there was talk of Sigourney Weaver getting an Oscar for uh, Aliens back in '86. I can understand it because she was, she was great. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. an excellent actress, no matter what mm-hmm. genre you put her in, mm-hmm. and she's phenomenal in that movie. She, mm-hmm. she, ca- I mean, she is the solid center of Aliens, and mm-hmm. she's astonishing. And and uh, the, the, to 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 move from that, uh, to, uh, talk about Jeff Goldblum's performance mm-hmm. in The Fly. Yeah, Jesus, you want to talk about award worthy? Oh, Watch yeah. him in that movie. Watch Gina Davis oh, in yeah. The Fly, talking yeah. about a female actor. So he, he, when. In the 80s, people were talking about how, yeah, but unfortunately, people just won't vote for it, and they don't. They do mm. not. They will mm. not, and they don't. So the... And correct me if We're I'm talking wrong, about 30 yeah, years right, later. Sure, yeah. 30 years no, later, yeah, it's, and it's, we're still of the same mindset. I know, I know. You're still... I mean, the same thing pops into your mind. It's like, I'm sorry, but if yeah. 30 years have passed and the same statement's being made, that yeah. well, it's science fiction, yeah. and there's a big bug in it, yeah. and, and so I can't really take it... Fuck you. No, yeah. yes, you can yeah. take it seriously. You're just well, you're just a fucking snob. I think uh, I think it was you know when uh, it was it was pretty much a kind of a jaw dropping thing when Silence of the Lambs like swept the awards. Yeah, yeah. And people were like, "Oh my god, a horror movie swept the Academy Awards." But and they could pretend it wasn't exactly. A horror movie. You can kind of like, well, there's no supernatural in it, so we can right. just pretend it's not a horror movie. They yeah, could you're right. they so, could yeah. say, "Oh, it's a it's a literary adapt- adaptation." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking horror movie. Yeah. People, yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, these, it's, you're right. Everybody was absolutely stunned that Silence, Silence of the Lambs walked away with it. And I mean, it was almost a clean sweep. Demi, oh, Demi, Demi actor, director. actress, director, best picture. I mean, it I think adapted just, screenplay. Did it get best picture? I know it got director. I think it got, I know it got the two actor and actress, but I almost feel like it got the best picture of the year that, but I could be wrong. I can't remember, but can't I, remember, I think but, it got yeah. adapted screenplay yeah. and just all this yeah. stuff. And it's just one of those things where you're like, you could, I mean, honestly, to this day, I hear people claiming that Silence of the Lambs isn't a horror movie, that it's that it's that it that it's a thriller or something like this. And I'm like, there's a guy <laughs> yeah. eating people. Yeah. 
There's another guy kidnapping women and keeping them in a pit and then skinning Skinning them. them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If I describe a movie to you with two characters like that in it, Mm. what do you call it? It's not a comedy. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah. But... What do you? I mean, the, the, it's yeah. never going to go away. No, it's, 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 it's you know, it, that that that's a it's a it's a blind spot. It's it's a prejudice. Yeah. And it's a, it's 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 not. Yeah. It's always the case that Hollywood will always be happy to make money off of their you oh, know yeah. off of horror and science fiction and 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 all that stuff. But you know, as they always have been. But uh, but then they'll still ghettoize them and you disrespect the audience. You know, they're always oh, yeah. the people that like them. You know, and it's abject snobbery. It, that's yeah. all it is. It's pure. Yeah. Unadulterated snobbery, and, and and that's all right. There's a there's a portion yeah. of me that uh, that kind of yeah, I don't kind of gets a little it, you know. It's like <laughs> well, I kind of get a little afraid when uh, something starts to be when something that's obviously genre starts mm-hmm. to get so much heavy duty praise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I start to get a little little mm-hmm. leery. Like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How are they justifying this? In other words, what are they seeing in this that allows them to mm-hmm. uh, you know to to mm-hmm. Praise it without some kind of caveat, without some kind of little aside that allows them to pretend that they're far too cool for yeah. this normal. <laughs> and so I, I yeah. then start to question my own my own taste in a certain way or my own enjoyment of whatever it is, mm. which is sad and silly. And mm. it's something that I do, have, but it is something I do have to go mm. through every mm. time I notice, mm. oh, wait a minute. Wow. Mm-hmm. Everybody seems to like this. Wait a minute, something. Yeah, this is getting praised. Well, you don't want life. some. I mean, you do worry about something you love becoming uh, the people who create something you love anyway becoming too aware of their audience, becoming too aware yes. of a, that there's a massive audience out there. You know, because you don't want to don't want it to hinder their creative choices. Exactly, and it has a tendency to to push people. Uh, I mean, it's the same way with music too. You know, right. you, you don't ever want to because people will do this, and you try not to get in that that mode of, of, you know, of, of starting to distance yourself from an artist you like once they, if they suddenly hit mass appeal, you know, right. But at the same time, we have seen artists who did hit that mass appeal do seem like maybe they were began to be too conscious of, you know, an audience yeah. out there, you know, become too. Well, not only that, uh, I mean, there, on the other hand, there are these, there's sometimes artists will reach a certain level of, uh, a certain level of success and then suddenly go, and I see this in a lot. I've seen this in a lot of musicians. Suddenly decide, okay, you know what? I'm a. I'm really afraid that I'm going to turn into mm, yeah, yeah. that audience pleasing, going to mm-hmm. do the same thing over and over again kind of person. Mm-hmm. And so they end up going in a completely different direction. I'm thinking about somebody like well, uh, Neil Neil Young is the master of Neil Young is always David the, Byrne. David Byrne too is always in the, yeah. Those guys are master of like you know yeah. oh I'm you think I'm going to zig here I'm going to zag right. instead I mean, and, and you know and David Byrne you know had had fuck you money yeah and then the, yeah. the, the talking heads decide enough yeah. <laughs> and he just decides hey I'm going to go off and make mambo albums yeah <laughs> yeah you can come along if you want but you don't have to and I don't really care so. <laughs> but. Yeah. That's you know that's yeah. that's the that's the other end of it where it's just like I am not going to fall into that trap. I refuse to fall into that trap, and mm-hmm. that that's fine. Mm-hmm. Sure. You may not like what they do next yeah. if they refuse yeah. to fall into that trap, but mm-hmm. that's okay too. Sure. So. Now speaking of uh, movies we've seen lately, did you see any, any uh, anything interesting? We just we, of course it was a few weeks ago, but the uh, the October month is of course a month where. A lot of horror movies get watched by us horror aficionados. Yes, yes. And I did wonder if you had uh, seen anything, um, either new or old, that 
you were struck by. I always try to go out of my way to see things in October, mm-hmm. uh, horror movies that I've not seen before. I try to kind of shoot, jump myself out of mm-hmm. my my mm-hmm. general yeah. my general uh, tracks to try to find something that I might I might really enjoy. Sometimes it does not pay off, as of course oh, sure. these yeah, little experiments sometimes do. Uh, I had a few interesting discoveries during October. Oh yeah, what, um, you get? and I just wondered if you did too. Well, the I finally watched, and almost all of these are going to be movies. They're not new movies; these are movies right. that have been around for a long time. Right. Uh, I finally watched uh, the Rennie Harlan film Prison from the oh yeah late eighties. Yeah, which I, yeah, I've not seen that. Viggo Mortensen and a few other character actors that you would recognize right off the bat. And that did turn out to be just as good as I heard. I really did like Prison. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of Rennie Harlan as a director, yeah. I think. Yeah, to be I'm honest, really cold with him, too. He's never been, I, I, yeah. I never consider him a great director, but he's made some films that were entertaining. So I, I loathe more of his films than I love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I only, actually, I only like two of them. Uh, and, and I had to be reminded of the other. I like Deep Blue Sea because I think it's just this audacious, you know, killer yeah, shark. Yeah, movie. I enjoyed Deep Blue Sea. It was pretty cool. And I now have enjoyed Prison. But uh, I've not been a fan of any of his other movies. I've thought mm. they, I've always thought they were sloppy and stupid, almost aggressively stupid. Even he's the only director I've seen mm. yet who can take a script by mm. Shane Black and fuck it up. <laughs> uh, that's you got to work hard, in my opinion, to fuck up a Shane Black script. Yeah. But yeah. he did. He managed to turn a Shane Black script into shit. <laughs> so that's just my take on it. But um, but I did enjoy Prison. I finally saw the, uh, I think, late 80s or 1990 film, uh, I, Madman. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. You were telling me. I enjoyed, yeah, I like I that really, movie, I really enjoyed that. That is a good movie. I like that. I had heard good things about that for a very long time. And as a matter of fact, back in college, uh, I guess back when it first came out on video or something like that, I remember uh, uh, some friends of mine mm-hmm. that was like, they, they had seen it and I had not. And for them, it was like a, it was like a punchline. They would just mm-hmm. occasionally go, I... Madman, <laughs> and I had no idea what the hell they were talking about because I never right. got the chance to see the movie until now. And uh, it's a really enjoyable little film. That's a that's a neat little thing. It's got a nice little. Uh, it's got a nice pulp sensibility, mm-hmm. and uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's a little too late eighties, early nineties in its visual style. But they were, they were trying to not be that way because of the, some of the throwback elements, which is which some mm-hmm. of the you know like mm-hmm. the pulp era th- throwback stuff, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, but that but that was kind of fun. I enjoyed that. Um, oh god, there were a few others too. Um, oh darn it, memory memory fades. I didn't bring my list. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I know. And here I'm sitting here thinking of one I saw that was not really a discovery because so many people had told me it was good, but I did get to see it follows, which I did oh, really yeah. enjoy, very much enjoy. I really enjoyed the. The uh, the the way that everything the way it's framed and filmed so much like as an homage to Carpenter with you know Halloween oh, yeah. so much it looks like uh, Halloween and even the music, uh, but I thought that was a uh, I, I thought it definitely lived up to its hype you know I thought it was a was a really clever you know fresh idea of a movie and uh, um, and I, I thought that was very well done. Oh, I know the other thing I was uh, <clears throat> I was thinking I mentioned uh, the. Um I had to see it on video on demand because it didn't come to a theater runner. But the uh, the anthology film Tales of Halloween. Yeah, I got to see just a little. I got to see part of that, about like fifteen twenty minutes of it, and and didn't get a chance to see the whole film. Uh, but it's uh, about I think six separate little stories, right. each each written and directed by a different team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do. Uh, there is an overarching uh, linkage. Mm-hmm. To them, in a in that they're happening mm-hmm. in the same neighborhood, essentially the same town. Uh, it's uh, of course the the immediate the immediate desire is to uh, compare it to Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat's a better film, 
Mm-hmm. Trick or Treat's an excellent film. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Classic. But Tales of Halloween is good. It's mm-hmm. not great, but it's good. And there's some really mm-hmm. audacious ideas in it. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, uh, uh, it's not my favorite story, but the one that I think was the most, it, it, was, it was an audacious choice. It's a Halloween story set on Halloween night that plays like a modern day spaghetti western. I saw yes, that was one of the segments I saw. That was yeah, I like that was that was pretty. And cool. uh, it was it, it that was that was, it was it was audacious and clever mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I say, not the best of the of the stories, mm-hmm. but just seeing somebody working their asses off mm-hmm. to do that mm-hmm. that was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. tells me Halloween, a thumbs up. <clears throat> it's not great, but it is. I I, I, I did enjoy it. I really did. So. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. nice, uh, some nice stories. I did not, I did not dislike any of the stories. I just thought, mm-hmm. as with any anthology, yeah. some were better than others. Yeah. So. Well, speaking of anthologies, I was very. I've talked about it before on the show how excited I was to uh, uh, get to see, you know, Doctor Terror's House of Horrors. You know, get to see. And I know oh, you've yeah. had the import DVD or blue or whatever for D- years yeah, now with DVD, DVD. Uh, but I've not had anything like that. So it was, you know, I've never. I think I mentioned before, I've never gotten to see it when it wasn't just horribly panned and scanned. And that's really probably my favorite. Definitely my favorite of the Amicus anthology films, and I like a lot of those oh, films. It's but it's my, but it's, but it's, it's fantastic. So that was that was one that I was really uh, was a real treat to uh, make that part of my October viewing. So that was that, <laughs> you know, that was a good one. That's a that is a great film. I, I do. Uh, I am disappointed that the company that put it out didn't even attempt to put extras on. No, it I know it would have been nice. There's yeah. a, there's there's a there's just so much to say about that movie it being, yeah. it being yeah. a very early Amicus film it being their first anthology film they mm-hmm. didn't do another anthology film for a few years after that mm-hmm. I think yeah. the next one they did was uh, like 67 and that was I think it may have been Torture Garden I'm probably yeah. I'm probably wrong someone fact check me mm-hmm. but it's a uh, it's it's just great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it yeah. really is. Doctor yeah. Terrence Osborne is wonderful. Even the weakest story in it, the uh, the plant story, is still good. It's still good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's good stuff. I really enjoyed that. But it's it, you know you start talking about the the horror movies you watch in October, and all I can I start to think about the things I didn't get to see. Didn't oh, get to I see. I mean, yeah, I know. It seemed like before I even got a chance to sit down and watch something, it was like the month was half oh, over. Know. You know, it's just God. It's, it's already like, midway. But yeah, no, it's so hard to find that. I did get to take one day. I actually took off from work and just had a just had a, a sun up till sundown, just movie watching, you know, just to finally do that, you know, to yeah, get to do that. So yeah. I try and do at least one day in October to just you know watch stuff all day long. Well, near, the, near the beginning of the month, I went over to to, to our buddy Jeff, uh, the guy, the, the the fellow who does the artwork for our podcast, uh, mm-hmm. Je- Jeff, who will mm-hmm. occasionally join us on this podcast or over on the Bloody Pit. Right. Uh, he and I sat down and did uh, Phantasms two and three in one. Just yeah. sat down and did yeah. Phantasm two and three. Any um, word on when the fourth one is uh, is is uh, is coming out or when it's uh, well when it's actually right I mean not now, fourth one but I'm sorry the uh, fifth the one, fifth, one. fifth one that's what I meant. <clears throat> um, no, nothing official. It's called yeah. uh, Phantasm Five Ravager. Right. Uh, I I do not know anything about yeah. An, yeah. an imminent release. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, there have been announcements of some type. Repeatedly for months. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's 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 out there somehow in some stage of, or maybe it's been completed by now and just waiting to find something soon to be shown. But the rumor is that it's been completed. Um, the the word is not whether whether or not it's worth seeing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. The the uh, who what, how do we call it? the 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 damn near clip show that was Phantasm Four? Yeah, <laughs> does not bode well for another Phantasm film. Mm-hmm. I will say this: I, I would uh, Coscarelli, the, the writer director, is still around and kicking. I would be all up for, uh, not that he hasn't done other fantastic movies as well, but uh, I'd be all up for him overseeing or writing and directing 
a complete reboot if that were the kind of thing that he wished to do. I don't know how well it would fly Mm. because I think that original Phantasm really did kind of capture lightning in a bottle in a way. I don't know that it's something that you could reproduce. I think it'd be nice to see someone... Well, no. I think it would be nice to see Coscarelli attempt to reproduce that. Yeah, let's let's be specific on you. I don't think... Yeah, I really don't think somebody else could, could do it and make it feel like a Phantasm film. Yeah. I think yeah. they could do something. Yeah. And they could slap Phantasm on it. Yeah. But it, it's a lot like, I don't know, say, turning uh, Halloween over to a rock star and thinking that you're going to get a Halloween movie. <laughs> Gee, now, yeah. now, that, now you're just talking crazy. Who would do that? Who would do that? <laughs> who would do that except somebody with several million dollars and rights to the film? No, yeah. no, no. But nevertheless, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but the. The uh, we can keep babbling about all the fantastic movies we watched in October. We probably need to get to the uh, the uh, subject at hand, which is the film mm. we're going to discuss tonight. Yes, it is uh, called Mortal Sin or Deadly Sin, depending on how you translate the Spanish title mm-hmm. uh, from 1977. So what we'll do is we'll take a quick break, come back, and we will actually talk about a Palm Ashy film. Prepare for a spine tingling, nerve shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster Kid Radio. Hear your host, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classics and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher, or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival. Classic monsters, modern talk, and the head of Rondo Hatton. Only on Monster Kid Radio. White Zombie, a new novelization of the classic horror movie from award-winning author Stephen D. Sullivan. Available now in print and all ebook formats. Find it on Amazon, Smashwords, Drive Through Fiction, and other quality outlets. Also available in a special edition, including the complete movie script. Grab White Zombie before it grabs you. Details at sdsullivan.com. Mortal Sin, 1977. Uh, also, uh, the, we, we, of course, have a fan-subbed copy of the film. Mm-hmm. This is a film that was not dubbed into English. Uh, I assume this is, mo- this is a movie that... Uh, I assume there was no English track prepared for this. This is a, basically a, a, mm-hmm. a film I'm assuming was meant to f- primarily for domestic distribution in yeah. Spain. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Maybe like... I mean, probably like all films around that time, it may, may have had aspirations of hopefully being picked up but but it doesn't have very exploitable uh elements as far as i mean any film can be made to sound exploitable on the on the but this was what you said 77 so you're already kind of at the starting to get right. past the yeah. high point of the of yeah. the imported european horror films or any kind of film that you know it had it been made in 73 or something they probably would have found some way to make it sound more salacious <laughs> i mean it's not that it doesn't have it has some salacious elements, elements but, but it also and it also has some some elements kind of put into the movie that 
seem a little dis well, just my, a little <laughs> yeah, discordant. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. We'll, we'll 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 talk about that in a second. Uh, okay, this is a a period. Basically, it's a period drama, right? Set in the forties uh, in Spain, mm-hmm. um, which means that it's post revolution. We right. are we are in the uh, the first we're in the first decade decade and a half mm. of the. Um, well, the Spanish okay. the, the Spanish Civil War was in thirty six, mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, so we're definitely in the first decade of the uh, the, the reign of General Franco, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's not, it really is nice. They may, they do very carefully maintain the period detail. I think so too. Yeah, the entire it's... movie takes place uh, essentially in one one location, which is uh, a, 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 country, a country estate, a villa outside villa. of uh, I'm assuming outside of Madrid is where it's located. Uh-huh. They call it Villa Dorado in the film. Correct. Now, uh, correct me. If, I mean, I could be wrong, but maybe they maybe a lot of places look like this. But I feel we've seen this in many. If it's not the same place, I don't think it's the you same. You don't think place. it is? Don't I don't. And and this is the this is the only thing that I hang that on. Uh, uh-huh. Some of the the interiors don't look quite the same. And this is the, the tr- this is the piece that immediately because that's a, that's exactly the thought I, yeah. I went with. I was as well. wondering is this the is, same place we've seen in so many Nashi films? Or right, right. Yeah. Is this is this the you know the 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 Molina mm-hmm. uh, uh, old homestead mm-hmm. out in, out in the Spanish countryside? Mm-hmm. But I I think it's not because if memory serves, you know uh, the 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 outdoor courtyard, right? The uh, the stone. Uh, I guess balustrade that goes around uh, the yard. Yeah, it looks very different. Okay. To, to my memory, don't think I don't same, think it's it was... the same place. Now okay. it may very well be. My memory yeah. may be playing tricks on me, yeah. but I don't think well, it cer- is. Certainly, a lot of these same architectural things would turn out. Turn out, yeah. So I'd wondered about like, well, maybe I'm just seeing elements that are common to these villas. You know, these 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 Spanish homes. And maybe that's and you know maybe maybe a lot of them have these sort of same motifs here. You know, of like this. So, well, I mean, it's certainly. I, I love settings of that type. I love sure. The, oh yeah. yeah. A lot of that goes back, and we've talked about this before. We I love the uh, the British mystery set in you know the British country mansion out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, I can't find any definitive information about mm. the location being the same location as you know yeah. the one for the horror rises from the tomb or mm. um, people who own the dark or any of that. Mm. But it may very well be. Yeah, because those are the films that came to my mind. Yeah, you know, yeah. was that, but but yeah, but it could be that they just they could be just very similar, and there's maybe no way to to know, you know. Uh, but uh, but I so I, the the film uh, essentially, I guess you could call it essentially about a six character play mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. a large degree. Uh, mm-hmm. There are a couple of other characters as well that filter in and out, but uh, what you have here is um, in this country estate. You have the old, the you have the uh, the older matriarch who mm-hmm. I, I I would assume she's in her fifties, mm-hmm. early sixties. I'm serious, yeah, yeah, right. The the patriot, the the master of the house has died, and and, and he right. was her, he was she was his second wife, right. And uh, I can't remember. Do you get the sense that he died in the in the Civil War or? Because there's a lot of talk. A lot of, yeah, I mean, they talk the spirit. Of the, the war kind of hangs heavily over everybody's yes. their experiences. They talk a lot about their experiences of coming out of this, and and which would be natural because I mean, yeah. you know, we're, we're talking about um, a civil war, and this is you know at most a decade after the fact. So, yeah. and one of the things I think this film does in a nice, subtle way is there's a sense of, of displacement and loss. You know that that of of yeah. this you know people being because people talk about returning and having to leave their homes and, and losing people. And there's just kind of, and, and, and it's, you get a whole sense that everybody in this film is kind of 
has lost something of, of their life before, you know, which is, which is very con- which is what happens after a war in the home, in the country where it takes place. But I think this film kind of permeate that, that does a good job of kind of that thre- thread sort of running through right. the film there. Well, I think connected to that is this, this feeling from, uh, especially the, uh, five main characters. Mm-hmm. Well, if in a way, honestly, it's actually kind of all of the characters in the film who, who actually live in the house, mm-hmm. the three servants and, I guess you could say it's a seven-character play in a way. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 three servants and the four uh, 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 upper crust like the, yeah, the, the, members of the aristocracy, whatever yeah, you whatever, call them. Yeah, mm-hmm, exactly. I think with all of them, there's this overwhelming sense of people attempting to figure out what they're doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, not as if they're confused people, but mm-hmm. as if they're people still trying to figure out what their place is in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll start with the, the, the main male character mm-hmm. who is the, uh, the, the young man, Alberto, uh, Alberto, who as who, as the movie begins, is driving up to, to this country state. And, uh, we learn, uh, as he's, um, as he's greeted by, uh, the, uh, the, the elderly, uh, female servant, uh, who's also the cook of the house, yeah. Uh, who uh, that he is uh, someone who uh, grew up near here. His family uh, grew up near here in a, in, a, in another in another uh, state of this type. He's been away at college. Uh, he's he's come here uh, in a break between uh, semesters to attempt to study. There's a hint that he's not been doing all that well at school, and that's why he's kind of trying to get away from the city mm-hmm. to. Kind of focus his mind, get his mm-hmm. get his get his head back, get his get his head screwed back on straight. Mm-hmm. So you already get the idea, get the feeling that this guy is kind of drifting. He's not mm-hmm. he's not excelling at school, and this is him attempting to find a way. We don't know at first whether he's attempting to find a way to get his mind set back on the tra- on the academic track so that he can succeed in, mm-hmm. in school, or if that's not you know if he if he knows whether or not that's what he wants to do with his life or. Whether he can do that with his life, whether or not he's capable of doing it, yeah. So you have That's that good, character yeah. there. You're you're automatically you're you're introduced to, as I said, the 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 elderly servant lady, the younger servant lady who's like the maid, mm-hmm. who just exudes sensuality. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's another servant who's kind of the gardener, the the, the essentially the Miguel, yeah, who's the handyman. He's, sort the, of he's the handyman man guy. around the house, and. Uh, but we we then are we then very quickly are introduced to to uh, on horseback the younger of the two half sisters in the house, mm-hmm. who uh, uh, Louisa, who, and she's the actual daughter of of the the matriarch of here. the matriarch, yeah. and um, she is uh, she's she's she enters the frame on horseback, doesn't say anything, and then just rides yeah. away with the the older servant. Uh, clearly kind of disapproving of the way she treats the animal and mm-hmm. the fact that she's a little, um, she's, she's obviously a headstrong young yeah. girl mm-hmm. who once again, just in the quick broad strokes of seeing her and the, the few lines of dialogue given mm-hmm. by the, the, uh, the older servant lady, you realize that this is a girl who's unfocused and doesn't really, you know, she's not, mm-hmm. she's not doing anything. She's, she's you know, a restless spirit. She's, she's a restless spirit. She's out riding horse horses. Yeah. And that's really all that she seems to yeah. do. Yeah. This film also, another one of its strengths is it, <coughs> is it, 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 it does a very good job of setting up characters quickly. Yes. Except for Alberto, who again is the arriving sort of stranger to us. You know, it does a good job. It, it hides him, hides who he is. 
for but, a while. But gives but us enough gives information us, about yeah, him to kind sure, of get, sure. a, get an idea of yeah. him. He's not a cipher, yeah. but we don't really have a sense of what kind of person he is at the beginning mm-hmm. at all. So. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the first time we see the other daughter, who is who is the actual daughter of the... She's the daughter of the, the former master's first wife. And so she's right. Luis's half-sister and right. uh, Alcira's stepdaughter. And her name is Madeline. And the first time we see her, I mean, she's... Well, I love, think, think about the yeah. way she's introduced as well. Yeah, yeah. We don't see her for a yeah, while. Yeah, people talk about her for a while. They talk about her for a while. Then we enter the house and we hear her practicing piano in yeah. another room. Yeah. You still don't see her because right. they don't want to interrupt her practicing. Now, I love this because as someone who was subjected to three to four years of piano lessons as a youth, I can mm-hmm. tell you right now that mm-hmm. you can become a musician and focus and really become good. And they, they spell out the fact that she's in there practicing for hours each day because mm. she's got a recital in a few months. So her, mm. her, her teacher who were never introduced to her, never shown. Right. We only see her practicing. Mm. Wants, wants her to have a recital here in a few months. And so she's working diligently at becoming better and better at these pieces. And therefore mm. she can do the recital well. But the question becomes, is what she doing is this, this, playing the piano is this the same kind of activity as her half sister with the mm-hmm. horses in other words mm-hmm. is there an it, do those, means do, of escaping in, yeah. in their own way and they talk about that the younger sister had used to be apparently a pretty impressive painter but has, has stopped doing it right you know so apparently at one point she expressed herself artistically too and that doesn't work for her anymore and so she's she's becoming more but you're right i mean the sense this sense that these characters are trying to find something out of this, you know, they we get sense really quickly. They're they're pretty much isolated on this place. They don't right. nobody goes anywhere. You know, they don't. Yeah, they don't go anywhere or do anything. And as yeah. a matter of fact, the younger daughter, once they uh, once we get to the to the dinner scene, it's it's obvious that she would kind of like to have Alberto step in and take her to the city and do mm, things, yeah. or at least yeah. follow along and mm. tag along when he goes there. And uh, it's just not happening. And let's let's stress that this younger this younger sister is not. Under age, these no, the, no. both both these women are of age. Right. My my guess is the youngest one, uh, Louisa, is probably I at the youngest nineteen to twenty. Yeah. So these are women who, in a normal situation, mm-hmm. in in a country that had not been ravaged by war mm-hmm. a decade or less before, would be married by now. Mm-hmm. But there aren't a lot of men around, and yeah. that is something that it's not directly yeah. addressed. But they do talk about it glancingly. And, yeah. and, well, maybe it is kind of directly addressed when there's a couple of conversations amongst the servants while they're shelling peas and preparing food mm-hmm. about... The, it's, oh, it's so good to have a man. A man around oh, the, and, and, because the, there and, and the village priest is like, you've needed a man there. you know. And I think it's right. I think it's great the way the film does that kind of subtly po- points out that, that sort of blind, willful blindness. There's blindness on several levels in this film, as we'll find yeah. out. But that willful blindness... Of of a of of a, a society that's 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 so geared towards you know like this particular gen- gender is the one that rules everything. This is the the you know that that they they to them everybody's like oh everything's great now that you've got a man back in the house and and of course the way the story goes it turns out that's totally <laughs> that's, <laughs> that doesn't quite work out doesn't though. quite work out that way. But everybody nobody can see it you know they're just so locked in on that idea that there's you know without a man around the house you know there's you know to oversee the everybody's you know. You know, to just kind of take everything in hand and, you know, and then make sure everybody goes to church and make sure everybody's, you know, right, just kind right, of, right. you know, the, to give the guidance and, you know. And, 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 to make, and to make sure things are going correctly. Exactly, things are doing, yeah. Things are being done correctly. Yeah. 
And so with the entrance of Alberto, you have, okay, well, let's, let's be crass here. I, I, mildly crass. Mm-hmm. You have, the, the, the house is a, it, 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 okay, it's a hen house, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's one yeah. guy and he's mm-hmm. a servant mm-hmm. and it, and Early on, very yeah. right off the bat, we are introduced to the fact that the the male servant, the gardener guy, and the the younger maid mm-hmm. are in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they, I don't know if you'd call it dating, but they're yeah. definitely fucking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. These two have a sexual relationship, and they generally have sex mm-hmm. in the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. We are also introduced to the fact that the matriarch of the place mm-hmm. is aware of their relationship. And is a voyeur. Yeah, yeah. Goes out of her way to watch Watch them have sex on on the grounds of the estate. Mm -hmm. So, with the introduction of that, you you both ramp up one standard trope of a film of this type, of the isolated country estate, Mm -hmm. where the gender gender balance is off. Mm -hmm. Which is, until our main male character enters the frame at the beginning of our story... Mm -hmm. There is a guy there. Yeah. How many of these women is he sus- is he sexually fulfilling? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are told right off the bat that mm. the, that he is definitely in a sexual relationship with the female servant. But of course, in the back of everybody's mind is yeah. that question: is yeah. is he having it off with <laughs> the two sisters, or even the matriarch? <laughs> exactly. Who the hell knows? It could be. Yeah. Now, you immediately my thoughts immediately went to: well, he may be doing something with mm-hmm. the matriarch because she's certainly watching. Mm-hmm. Is this just a prelude to something that they do later on as well? Mm-hmm. That turns out not to be the case, mm-hmm. but you are introduced immediately to a kind of sexual deviancy, mm-hmm. if that's what voyeurism is. I, I, I it's generally, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially at this time, yeah. sexual se- yeah. sexual voyeurism is definitely mm-hmm. considered yeah. a sexual se- sexually deviant. So <laughs> there's that, right? Well, well, at this time, in this time, and I doubt there's as much. Sexual that's not considered deviant, <laughs> other than just straight missionary position to make kids. Basically, it's like there's probably yes. pretty much everything else is considered deviant. I would think. I, I think you are probably correct, but mm-hmm. we get to uh, so, so we we get to that point. We know okay, there's that sexual relationship. Now, as soon as the place is set, mm-hmm. essentially all the players are in place. The thought that ran through my mind was for Antonio. You mean Alberto? I mean, I'm sorry, Al, yeah. for Alberto. This is a target-rich environment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's going to keep things in the barnyard upset in every way. Right. I mean, there's he could definitely make a move on the servant girl. That yeah. would be a natural thing. It's something that you would see in this type of story all the time. Mm-hmm. There are two different but mm-hmm. very attractive mm-hmm. sisters. Well, half yeah. sisters. Yeah. This becomes a situation where you start to think, okay, is he gonna is he gonna be a stand up guy and not do the thing that is immediately running through my mind? Because I'm because well, it can go two ways, and this way you figure it's it's, it's either they're gonna make his life hell, or right. he's gonna make their life lives hell. And some could argue their lives were already hell to begin with, in some degree. But, it, did, it did seem like a bit of a powder keg waiting to explode. Yeah. I mean, and he's a po- he keeps a total poker face through a big part of the early part of the film. He doesn't play his right. hand. You keeps you wondering. Oh, he keeps his he keeps his cards yeah. so close to the vest that yeah. I think it's really late in the movie before you, yeah, before you can, as an audience, yeah. you can really come down on deciding 
just what he's been playing at, which I think is a strength of this film. I think it's a there's a but I and I don't there's, but, a, there's I don't, a, the first half of this movie I don't think you can tell at all. No, well you certainly don't know what you're ultimately going to think about him, right? You know, and I still I would say, and we can talk more of this as we go on, but I, I later, but uh, I I still don't think you ever fully know what his what he what his end game was, and and I don't think you ever fully know exactly what I mean. I think you know. I th- you think you I, know kind of what yeah. his goal is, but I think I guess really not so much. I know what his ultimate goal, but there's other elements that were going on there. That, In other words, you're not sure what, what what the details of what he thought he was doing. Going to and and yeah. and and also who was in on him with it and right, who wasn't. Right, you know, like right. who was who was complicit and who was he just using. Right. And some of those elements I think are good, and some of them I think are maybe kind of underdeveloped. That maybe I think could have used a little more fleshing out. You know, we've got an 85 minute film. I don't know. I that, can kind of. I'm kind of impressed by leaving some of those elements a little fuzzy. Well, they definitely do. I mean, because they definitely do. that's one of the things that, especially about his motivation, mm-hmm. because I think that sometimes even people in situations like, not just like this, but I mean, in situations in your own life, mm-hmm. you're not always a hundred percent committed to one direction or the other. Mm-hmm. It's, you're almost trying to keep your eye on both doors in the room and the window just mm-hmm. just in case one is a better option for exit, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so I think to, to some degree, he puts himself in a position where he is in a good, he's in a good spot. Mm-hmm. He's in, as a matter of fact, he's in an excellent spot. Mm-hmm. But I think he's still keeping his eye on that mm-hmm. other door. Mm-hmm. Just in case. Mm-hmm. In other words, I don't yeah, think he's no. going to necessarily. Well, mm-hmm. let's let, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's let, let's talk about let's talk about. <clears throat> obviously, Alberto's uh, uh, arrival on the scene starts things to change, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the way they start to change at first is subtle and 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 carefully delineated. And you, you don't have uh, you don't have the sisters making ridiculous passes at him. You don't have yeah. uh, uh, emotional explosions. You don't have uh, you know uh, idiotic uh, over the top histrionic fireworks. Right. Nothing of that nature. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all well played. It's all uh, mm-hmm. believably believably done. Also, it it fits the type of people they are trying to be, and mm-hmm. they've obviously been. Yeah, none of these characters are. Uh... Are, are one-dimensional and that's no. one thing I really liked about this movie is because you think you have early on you think you have Louisa pegged as the she you know the bratty kid sister who's going to be the real trouble you know who's, who's going to be so and, fiery and angry that she's going to she's going to yeah. say and do things that are going to screw yeah. things up and I thought it was interesting early on in the film you find yourself really being sympathetic towards your character now later yeah. in the film she does a lot to kind of lose that sympathy uh but not completely i mean she definitely does some things that can't be forgiven but i think there's a lot of early scenes on where you kind of understand why you kind of feel a little sorry for her and her i mean because yeah. what she's asking you know and and is is not unreasonable what she wants no. to do for a woman her age you know to want to be able to 
just go to town to have friends, you know? And to honestly, and, it, and she doesn't state it outright, yeah. but she's being pretty upfront about mm-hmm. it with Alberto. Yeah. Not necessarily, she's definitely not making a direct pass at him, mm-hmm. but she's making it obvious that the reason she wants to do this is that she wants to have a sexual life. Yeah. And where she is, yeah. she doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and you're kind of like, you're, you're sort of, you think you're going to be geared to where Madeline is going to be the, Kind of the level-headed, virtuous, you know, quote-unquote good one, you know. And, and she and sort of she is, is. But the thing is, there's those scenes right. where Louisa, when Louisa tries a couple of times to talk to her about, you know, how they should get out of there or that she at least wants to go out of there or something. And, and in those scenes, actually, Madeline comes off as being really kind of cold and a little bit dismissive of, a, yes. you know, and, and Louisa's not being unreasonable, I don't think, in those scenes. Like I said, I think it's nice that they don't, they, nothing's too, just completely, these characters aren't just completely, you know, cartoonish or, or cut yeah. and dried, you know, yeah. as far as their... And, and what, what was weird is those scenes we were talking about where the older sister, where Madeline, kind of comes off as a little uh, unfeeling toward her younger sister. It does. It's not It's not in every situation, but no, there are isn't. times when they're having conversations yeah. where they're disagreeing, yeah. and it, she does come off that way. There were moments when it seemed as if the actress was attempting to, to get across the idea that she's trying to uh, pattern her way of dealing with her sister on their uh, on uh, her her stepmother mm-hmm. her stepmother's way of dealing with her. Yeah. In yeah. other words, already knowing that she's going to eventually and she will mm-hmm. step into the role of her stepmother yeah. and yeah. to be the matriarch of the house to run the house. Yeah. And now Sarah, the housemate, the 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 head of the servants there, you know, she she while she just thinks Louise is just kind of a loose cannon right there, she's actually at the same time keep encouraging Madeline. She's worried. She wants right. Madeline to get out of the house and, and she's, she wants her to have a social life because Madeline's kind of going the opposite direction of Louisa. She seems to have like really, she seems into... to have cocooned herself in that yeah. house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, which, I mean, if you think about it, it's a completely natural reaction because like you say, mm-hmm. the Spanish civil war hangs heavy yeah. over this film yeah. as, as does, I mean, this is the forties. So world mm-hmm. war two does as well. This is yeah. a, it was a turbulent decade yeah. starting in 36. It didn't let up for quite some time, if anybody knows their history. So what right. we're talking about here is a bad posi- a bad time mm-hmm. for, I mean, it, it explains the the lack of, mm-hmm. of say, gender parity, of course. Yeah. But also at the same time, it's a traumatic, I mean, you're, it's not impossible for these people to be suffering a little PTSD. These are people who went through war. Mm-hmm. They're of age. They lived through it. Yeah. So, watching these people do what they do, they have it under control, but there are times when you can kind of see where their life is going to carry them if they're allowed to have their choices. And both of them, but, but the, in the context of the two sisters, it's very natural. Yeah. You have one who's decided, you know, the outside world's a little too scary. I'm not going to yeah. wall myself completely off from it, but I'm going to be very careful about what I allow inside my walls. Mm-hmm. The other is the younger one she knows everybody knows mm-hmm. she's not going to inherit the house right she's not it's not as if she feels like she's ever going she she knows she's never going to be you know destitute but she's not going to be the woman who runs the house yeah so she already kind of wants to see the rest of the world because the rest of the world is where her life lies mm-hmm. she can't wall herself up inside the house it's not going to be her house so these are all Okay, let, let's be honest. A lot of this sounds like the, the stuff of soap opera. 
And to a degree, it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the mm-hmm. inner workings mm-hmm. and relationships mm-hmm. of a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but soap opera done well is drama. Yeah. And drama done well mm-hmm. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to call this a fantastic movie, but this is a solid little Drama. I agree. I agree. And and talking about the war, the I was thinking about the scene with Alberto again. We don't give a get a whole lot of of, of him except we find, from real find out that he has he did serve in the war, and I like it because it's yeah. just one little reference. After there's a scene where he and Madeline see when the the guards you know or the the police bring the where they found there's a lot of refugees. There's a lot of rebels still hiding in the hills. You know, yes. it's, it's kind of a, one of the little subplots of this, and they bring one to show Alberto and Madeline and tell them that they caught him trying to steal food and. And uh, and and Madeline is just really shaken by still by just all the all that's going on out there. And and Alberto says something, makes some reference to. He says, "When you've seen war as close as I have, you know, you know this kind of thing is just is is you know what the world's like, or just right. you know you've seen seen things." And and it kind of gives you maybe a little clue in that maybe he's been a little warped by what he's experienced too. That maybe this kind of right. set him off on kind of turning out to be the person. Maybe he wouldn't have turned out to be this person if it hadn't been for things that he's experienced and seen up close. That could be kind of shattered his you know what could have been goodness in him you know has kind of like been shattered by what he's witnessed you know and, and that could well, be and, and and i like the fact that there's not much mention of it but the whole idea of him not being able to kind of uh, pull himself together in school mm-hmm. one wonders just you know what did that mean yeah. why what is yeah i thought that was a nice little drop in there like yeah. why why hasn't his studies gone well you exactly know, so, yeah. exactly and like i say that's one of those uh you could say not well fleshed out. To me, it's mm. just sketched in enough for background. Yeah, something like yeah, to, 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 like to make mm-hmm. you to make you wonder what is what is not necessarily what is he hiding, but what is the kind of thing that he really doesn't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> not because it would paint him in a bad light, yeah. but because it's just not the kind of thing he ever wants to talk about. Yeah, and yeah. you're right. That scene when the the gendarmes bring up that uh, fellow they've captured out in the woods. Mm-hmm. It's it's that scene that lets you let you see just a little bit behind that part of his eyes and mm-hmm. go, yeah, he doesn't he 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 did see he saw some shit yeah. essentially he don't he doesn't really want to get into it. Yeah. Ya has oído. No hay nada que temer. No sé. A mí esas cosas me impresionan mucho. Si hubieses vivido la guerra tan cerca como yo, te habrías acostumbrado a otras mucho peores. Nunca me acostumbraría a una cosa así. Es cierto. Eres demasiado sensible. Siempre lo has sido. Hablas como si lo supieras todo sobre mí. En realidad hace tanto tiempo que no estamos juntos. Es igual. No has cambiado nada. La misma dulzura. El mismo tesón. ¿Te pareces tanto a tu padre? Hay muchas cosas por las que me alegro de que estés aquí. Tú sí me comprendes. ¿De verdad te alegras? Sí. ¿Es que lo dudas? No. Me hace feliz oírtelo decir. Debes estar muy acostumbrado a oír cosas agradables de las mujeres. Las mujeres que he conocido no eran como tú. No eran como yo. En ti hay cosas... No sé. No sabría cómo explicarte. ¿Tan rara te parezco?
Okay, let's discuss for a second something we touched on earlier, which is, uh, to your mind, now that you've seen this film, mm-hmm. what do you think Alberto's motivations were? What do you think his ultimate goal in his mind was? What was he aiming to achieve? Well, I feel like he was looking to become the heir to the house, you know, to the... To I, the I, I, I agree. I think but that's... But one obvious. thing that throws a strange... The thing that I have the most question about, okay, because the way that, you know, the, the scene that I think was the one that we first kind of like put on the brakes as far as, or or kind of like maybe have our first inkling that Alberto is maybe not up to so much good is where he basically flirts with the matriarch without Sarah. Correct. And, but that's also the scene that definitely tells you that that is his goal. You know, it's it's although I although I don't find myself thinking it would be it would be kind of a neat twist if it turned out that she was really the one that he was attracted to, and the two younger girls were the ones that he was thinking like <laughs> that would really be. Because that's <laughs> but, that's the weird thing is that because at the, that point you almost think maybe that is the case because you don't know anything know. about him. He's revealed nothing to this point of his attraction. We don't know, right? And know. I think that's one of the neater things about the mm-hmm. script is that yeah. when that scene happens, when he. Is sitting there talking with the matriarch and reaches out and and, and uh, takes her hand. Mm-hmm. The scene cuts, so you don't know what happens. What happened there until much later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's a part of me that went, oh, maybe he's got a yeah. thing for older ladies. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Maybe I was, <laughs> I was thinking that too. So you know, uh, well, see, the thing is though, from the moment he showed up, the uh, the 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 older servant who's known him since he was a kid and's known known everybody mm. in the house and has been there for decades and decades, she assumes as it seems to be kind of the overweening thought that, mm. that everybody has is that Alberto and and, and Madeline are Madeline gonna, are going to end up obviously going to be there. Yeah. They were childhood playmates and they've always liked each other. Right. That's who's going to that's they're of, an, they're of an age and, and they and they mm. grew up together and they've always had this thing between each other. There was mm. always they always yeah exactly. So when that happened, I thought, wow, that's going to be the thing in this movie is that he's got a thing for older women, yeah. and that's going to be where the fireworks start. Yeah. But And I don't know, I guess you would say right now, I don't know how far you want to go into this story, how much oh, you want to reveal, just, are you, I, I are you going to spoil the shit matters. out of it, this or are you going like, to... This is not a film that I think... <laughs> Most of our, most audience, they're not yeah. going to be able to find this thing easily, and even if they do, I don't think that us talking about all the details of it are going to are, are going to dissuade so someone make it sound from like seeing a must, it. Must see or yeah. like or or if not. You want, if, you, yeah. if you want to see well, it, see it. I mean, I don't, I don't think we're, that us discussing it all the way through is going to really dissuade people, especially yeah. when we tell you there's some good nudity. Oh yeah, and some beautiful <laughs> women doing it too, man. There's some truly beautiful women in this film, you know. And uh, so I think that. Well, I was just going to say. So now I can go ahead and just say what happens is. But, you know, immediately after that scene, though, uh, you know, Alcira, uh comes to find she thinks she's this servants are screwing again in the greenhouse and she's going to watch them. And it turns out to be Louisa and Alberto. Right. Uh, which sends her heart problem. We've already seen how to set up the fact that she's got a heart she's problem. A heart and that kicks it off. Um, she ends up in the hospital. Yeah. They one of the real questions of the film, and I don't mind this part of the aspect. I mean, I don't mind this being left vague is. Is I'm never quite sure how much Louisa and Alberto are directly conspiring, and how much she's just kind of like, you know, like the whole thing about causing, you know, causing the accident that temporarily blinds Madeline and causing the heart attack. For, you know, it. I'm not sure how much think... they actually, or how much Louisa's just being used from her na- na- by being naive, and how much she. I mean, there does come a point where she turns against Alberto, basically, right. when Madeline but, tells But not me. because she thinks she's been used. Yeah, she turns against him because because Madeline says she's pregnant, right? Yeah, but 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 it never we never see a scene between the two of them where they openly acknowledge 
that they're planning to do this. We're planning Which for your mother. Which is why I don't think they necessarily were. And I don't either. I think maybe. I think the the death of the matriarch is a complete accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I yeah. think her seeing them. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I definitely think Alberto probably had no idea that he was going to be seen. That he was going to be seen. Yeah. I think that he was trying to keep that as under wraps because he's got his because he wants Alcira. He's he wants to to somehow seduce her into making him. Maybe her husband or whatever, or willing to play whatever his plan was. But once she dies, then what does he immediately do? He proposes to Madeline, who's the next in line. Correct. You know, and uh, because and because yeah, because he he goes to because by then, by the time he by the time he proposes to Madeline, which even though it is the most natural thing, and it's something that Madeline seems to have kind of been waiting for him to do, mm-hmm. that's immediately where, as an audience member, you're concerned. You're you're you, you automatically think. Okay, so his goal has definitely been to just become the head of this household. Mm-hmm. He's decided mm-hmm. this is this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. This is where I'm going. This is this is my plan for my life right here. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. But then, of course, <laughs> yeah, we see that he's also, also still having sex with the younger sister. Well, oh, I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to go to like he's he's also. In one, who's who the hell is this person in town that he's visiting? You know that that we oh, see well, yeah. one freaking scene of that. Is an element that I thought. That's what I'm talking about when I say there's a couple things that I feel like could have been fleshed out a little more for us. Is like well, that's that's the gr- that's the girlfriend that he had. Remember, uh, well, he, the, he, when, he, when he when he first gets there, there comes a point where he goes back. He, he drives back into town one day to uh, go to the library and visit some friends, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the younger sister flat out asks him, "Well, what do you have, do you have a girl in town?" Yeah. And he says, "Well, yes, of course." Yeah, but and we she, think we think he's just. We at that point it's that point it's cool because we you know we think at that point he may be just playing along or joking with her or something or just like not you know like you know because he knows that she's trying to pry into his and he's just like basically saying of course I do like as a joke you know we, so it's cool that we find out later that he that did he really does and he hasn't dropped her but but what I think what to me I just felt like that's you know, I mean there's 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 not even anything said between them I, I just wish that they would I thought that to be a little bit more. Between the two of them, not necessarily, I mean, like, just something to, it just feels like there should have been more there than just this one scene where they barely even speak to each other. We see him open, give her some kind of gift. Right. But we don't know, is is this, uh, 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 like, somebody, you know, is he is he planning to, ultimately, is she going to be, is he is he planning to, the both the two of them, like, ultimately he's going to get rid of everybody else and the two of them are going to live in the manor house? Or yeah, maybe, is she is she, just some, is she just some prostitute that he's like but brings gifts to? You know, but see, that's just it. I think. Well, it, the the dialogue in the scene with the, the two of them together makes it plain that they've been that this is the girlfriend that he talked about having back in the city, well, you, and that he's well, yeah, now yeah. moved her closer mm-hmm. to him now that he's living in the house and is now married. Mm-hmm. So he's moved her closer. Mm-hmm. So, but that's all the information. You, that's all the information you get about that, and you're frustrated by that. But I mm. loved yeah. it. Yeah. And I loved the ambiguity of it because mm. him giving her that gift, mm-hmm. that could be him keeping her around and keeping her happy. Mm-hmm. Or it could be him trying to buy her off. It could be whatever. But we don't mm. need to know it because it's once again evidence to me of that mm-hmm. man who's standing in the room. Mm-hmm. There's two doors, there's a window, open, and he's yeah. keeping all his options open. Yeah. Well, and no, I and, just, I, I, and I like that because that, mm-hmm. that I hate to say it, but mm-hmm. that's the way a lot of people operate. Yeah, it's that yeah. it's that it's that old Chris mm-hmm. Rock joke. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the the woman you know who's who's yeah. got the the guy friend. Yeah, who she you know she's attracted to, but she's not going to tell him that. Yeah, and 
and yeah. he's the he's the just in case guy. The just in case, yeah, right. Just yeah. in just yeah. in case. <laughs> yeah. I can I can I can fuck him. <laughs> well, that's that's that mindset, and that's what I kept seeing with him past a certain point in the movie, where it's like. Okay, so he's not going to stop having sex with the little sister, and we don't know the dynamic of why he doesn't. In other words, mm-hmm. is she? Is he ultimately? Yeah, what's his? Is, is it? Is it? Is it her kind of mm-hmm. making overt or mm-hmm. subtle threats that mm-hmm. no, 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 we're going to keep fucking, or mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about what's going on here, or is it a mutual thing? They're definitely keeping it quiet. Mm-hmm. I like that. The like I said, I like that ambiguity, mm-hmm. but. If, I mean, if you're looking for specific answers on what this guy's plan was, mm-hmm. I think his only concrete plan was that he, he wants succeed, that villa. He, he succeeded. To, yeah. He succeeded in, which is he's the he's the patriarch. He gets yeah. the house. He gets the estates. Mm-hmm. He's the man of the house. He's the man of the house. Mm-hmm. Everything after that is him standing in the middle of the room <laughs> and keeping every option open <laughs> yeah. because he can. Because the culture allows that. As a matter of fact, the culture kind of smiles on. The the man in power mm-hmm. yeah. with the mistress, no, sure. with the girlfriend, mm-hmm. and the wife, and the mm-hmm. family, and the this, that, or the other. That's something, that's that macho culture. That's something mm-hmm. that we joke a lot about. Mm-hmm. Well, we've joked a lot about it for yeah. for decades in, yeah. in, in, in our culture. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's that, uh, it's the, uh, the, the, old, the old joke about... Uh, the uh, the the wife the, the wife and the mistress holding each other and crying at the mm-hmm. at the graveside of the of the husband mm-hmm. and the boyfriend. Yeah, well, they both knew about each other. Cultures yeah. it's seen as a weakness if you just have one. You know, if you, if you don't play, if you don't have a mistress, if you don't cheat on, if you if you are right. like loyal, if you're a man and you are and you are like actually refuse, you know, to stay loyal to you know to your wife even after she's had. Some children, your children, you know, because there's a whole thing in those cultures too about, you know, like once you've had a child, you stop being an object of sexual desire for me. You become the mother of my children. Correct. So I start looking elsewhere for the objects of my, you know, sexual desire because it's almost like I'm defiling you then if once you become the mother of my children, if I, you know, (laughs) other other than just to plant more children. In you, you know, and uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Just to just to continue the line, and, <laughs> you know, but a, an error and a pair, you know, an like error and a spare. Yeah, you know? Like I said, I like I like the level, I like the layers and the ambiguities mostly of this film. That's just one that bothered me okay. was the woman. Okay. The, the so little that scene itself just felt. Even that scene just felt so brief that I just felt that there was a little something more there that okay. should have been okay. said, even if it didn't totally lay it out there. Or I felt like she should have been brought back at some other point to just kind of. If nothing else, maybe be his downfall or just something else to kind of make him look even more, you know, guiltier to or, you know, to get him caught kind of thing or just something, you know, which I mean, he still does get caught. But I mean, it's 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 uh, just some kind of in other words, some kind of reference to it later. In the something. Time. Yeah, I felt like, you know, but uh, um, well, here, here here's uh, here's here's a, here's another question I have. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to monopolize the question. No, no, no. Go, go, go ahead. Uh, this film in a way. Well, not in a way. There's a. I don't know that there's a specific name for this type of story, but uh, essentially, we've seen a very similar story to this already, just covering films in this podcast, and that would be Oh Blue Eyes, the Broken Dog. Well, you're bringing up something I wanted to bring up is, is the one of the things that made this easier for me to take. I know people at this point are wondering. So, is Senor Lobo even in this film? And it's like <laughs> ten minutes till the before the end of the film. We'll get to that in a minute. But one we'll, of the things we'll, that we'll made this the, we'll get to the national yeah, connection soon. Yeah, yeah. Me. But one of the things that made this easier for me to take. I mean, I, not besides the fact I, <coughs> I enjoyed the film, but to take the fact that uh, that there's really you know you figure out 
eventually there's not really any gnashing in this film, you know, for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, after, but at the hour and five minute mark, the, I went, wait uh, a minute, you're pulling yeah. in this somewhere? Which shows that you're at least getting pulled into the story. Right, like, right. Oh, I, was, I was interested but, enough. But, I, didn't, I didn't bother me. But, but one of the things that made it easier for me to, to, to deal with and say, okay, this is still, I'm okay with this being a Nashy cast and not a Beyond Nashy is because this film felt so much like a Paul Nashy film to me. So yeah. many elements felt he, so he, much like a Paul Nashy. Let's He didn't He didn't, but my God, he could have because, I mean, it's like sitting there watching it, so it's like, man, it's, it's, it's amazing that if he just got pulled into this film just at, without having any kind of knowledge of whatever, it's, man, they sure were channeling a lot of his, you know, a lot of his, his. I mean, because so many things. Well, like, see, that's just it. Are they channeling something that's uniquely Nashy? Or is he channeling so. things that's in the culture that exactly. he was kind Because of, he was great at capturing the zeitgeist of his culture. Exactly. And that's probably really what it is, is that yeah. we've watched and all these films. we're just seeing it filtered through him, and therefore yeah. that's our point of reference. Yeah. And, there, and so we see mm-hmm. something like this, mm-hmm. and we immediately think of, of Blue Eyes the Broken Doll. Panic Beats, my God. There's so yeah. much like Panic Beats without the supernatural element. I mean, right. even to down to the guy having the... The girl in town that's also part of the women that he's juggling. In fact, uh, I, I, for a lot of the film, I was sitting there and thinking, like, you know, I would, I, I'm enjoying this film, but I, I just really wish this was Nashy playing this this role of Alberto. Not that they could have done it that way, because no, he would have been too old for a student. And and let's face it, the guy playing Alberto is more conventionally kind of handsome as far as a leading man kind of thing. But yeah. if Nashy had made this film, this would be probably Nashy in this role, changing the dynamics of the character to make him. But 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 this Make is totally the kind of character that Nashy plays, where he goes in and the women all you know go go moist over him, you know, and then just like the Nashy Musk, you know, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah. They go all moist over him. <laughs> they 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 bring their kitty cats into the bed with them and give them a good old rubbing down, thinking about which we got to get they got to anyway. But but yeah, so but listen, but you agree with me then that so much of this feels like a Nashy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like well, a, like I, well, like I said, it was it was. A, I looked up and it was an hour and five minutes into the movie. Yeah. Is the first moment that I went, wait a minute, didn't Paul Nash in this movie somewhere? <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly, yeah, thought you, it yeah. had not crossed my mind. Yeah, and that's me too. I mean, it was it was quite a while before which, you know before, which is again a side that, that, that's that a testament the to the film. Yeah, yeah that, you, that, that, that's a testament to the quality of the film. In my mm-hmm, opinion. Mm-hmm. But because of that, mm-hmm. uh, we have to remark that eventually. Some giallo-like stuff does creep into this. Yes, film. they do. They do. This is not just a straight, you yeah, know, there, period drama. Yeah, there, there's some there, moments of there, yeah. there's some moments of uh, kind of uh, well, black, well, like, straight out black gloved killer violence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. when those elements crept in, uh, first of all, they didn't surprise me. I didn't feel as if they were incongruous. I didn't feel mm-hmm. like there was something that were kind of. Um, wedged into the film they felt organic to what was happening but what was neat is that there were already there were there was already this feeling of wondering it's one of the reasons mm. i like the film so much is mm. that i was always and it's yeah. those ambiguities that's one of which seems to have bothered you which mm. is about the character the central character of alberto yeah. but because the film already had that mm. When you get to that little giallo piece, mm. it didn't feel out of place to me. It felt as no. if, ah, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, now there's been this pressure this stuff. cooker. Yeah, there's that's, this pressure we're cooker building yeah, exactly. here. That we're finally seeing this to... come to the surface. This yeah. is where it starts to really kind of boil out. Mm. And it became mm. it became that thing where it was like, ah, okay, okay, okay. So mm. 
there's going to be murders in this movie. Yeah. Not an accident. I mean, we've yeah. had an accidental death. They don't. I, you know, I, I in no way think that the death of the matriarch was engineered. I think that was. You an think accident. that was just okay? Okay. There's nothing in the movie that points yeah. in that direction. Yeah. I don't. Now here's the thing. Even though the death was accidental, it's very clear that the well, younger, younger sister was not unhappy about. Her no, no. She pretty much lets her. I mean, she does. She could have gone to get help when she saw yeah. her mom was having an attack, yeah, and yeah. she, she's yeah. Now, she that is. So, yeah. You could you could claim well, that you could claim right out front. Yeah, she let her mother die. Yeah. Well, that was the first. Then that's that's the point where Louisa kind of stops becoming the character that we feel sorry for and starts yeah. you know we see like that she kind of crosses the line and then she crosses it even more because you know you can kill all the people you want but you can't kill the kitty cat you know and now we know you don't <laughs> you know don't kill the dogs or cats and that's when we don't that's what we don't forgive you know so uh you know yeah she 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 uh she goes to goes to town with the scissors on the cat and okay. uh now the reaction to that i thought was pretty funny because everybody was so Freaked out. Well, I thought I would say the opposite. I would say, well, they were freaked out. They were upset, but but the way well, they were upset they're... was more like just like, oh, it choked on a ball of yarn. I mean, nobody's going like, who, who the fuck stabbed you with scissors? You know, well, it's, that, I mean... what I what I think is that all of them have the same reaction, which is we can't let Madeline see this. Yeah, because all the rest of them are standing around going, Jesus Christ, somebody fucking yeah. killed this cat. Yeah. And the whole the whole everybody's reaction is the same. Okay, let's not let Madeline see this because it's her cat. Obviously, yeah, yeah. this is the cat that she was yeah. laying in bed oh, naked and yes, stroking earlier God, in yeah. an obvious oh, masturbation. Oh my metaphor. God! That's, yeah. <laughs> if, if that okay, well, if, if a totally naked, beautiful woman lying in bed stroking a white cat isn't mm-hmm. uh, isn't masturbation oh, I, writ I, I, large across your and film. And you know, and I actually screen. wasn't kidding when I said I think it's one of the greatest scenes in the film and not not because it's so audacious. I think, and you know, we've we've watched a lot of shocking and extreme stuff in the history of this, but I think that may be one of the most audacious scenes we've ever <laughs> seen. You know, the fact they got away with this in a Spanish film in the 70s and, and that it was just, you know, uh, basically, basically, that what we're talking about, people, is that you know, after Alberto proposes to Madeline and she accepts, then we immediately switch to the scene of her, obviously in anticipation of the wedding night, but because I guess the in the way she's yeah. raised up, she's probably still too repressed or ashamed of actually masturbating, so she pulls poor Winter, her cat, into the bed, or maybe not poor, maybe the cat's like, hey, this is this is all right, you know. But she, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if you ever know the cat not <laughs> yeah, to be yeah. happy laying on somebody's yeah. bed, I mean. but, but so she's stroking this cat with a look of absolute like you know uh, lust and and and, and you know and <laughs> sexual enrapturement on that, her. That's so. a woman anticipating sexual pleasure. Yeah, let's put it that way. Yeah, so it's it's it's. I think it actually kind of stands out as far as one of the one of the most more extreme things we've seen, you know, in, in, in our <laughs> which podcast. is weird so, to say. I know because it's. I know we think like we've seen, but this is just like just because it's. It's it's it's. I just I thought it was a brilliant, yeah. brilliant, you know, <laughs> brilliant visual, not very subtle visual <laughs> metaphor, but just you know, I mean, it's 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 it opens. Well, it, no, there's there's absolutely nothing subtle about it. But no, here, but, that's, the but this is the it's, great. It's it's a beautiful. It's a beautifully yeah. shot and yeah. and and framed. Sh- it's beautifully mm. done, mm. and it's the kind of thing that is. It would be a perfect. I mean, absolutely perfect image for like a a Playboy centerfold even. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would. Yeah. And it's. But at the same time, what's going through my mind is I have now watched a good chunk of this movie, and that is that's that's a symbolic that's a symbolic (laughs) indication of masturbatory fantasies. That's what this is. Well, I'll go and say what my second favorite scene in the film is also very symbolic, but in a in a much more subtle way. But I think it is a brilliant scene in its own right. Is the scene in I guess what's the house chapel. Where oh, yeah. Alberto, and I think it's, again, so telling, too, that he's basically the 
stranger who's just arrived, really not stranger totally, but I mean the new person in the household, but because he's a man, he's automatically given the the religious authority, you know, because he's basically speaking, I guess, catechism or whatever they call it, I guess yeah. is what he is. He's speaking the holy, some yeah. sort of ritual, pa- pa- some sort of... Pa- pardon us, folks, we are not Catholic. We apologize. Yeah, exactly. So we don't know exactly what's being said here, but he's obviously doing a call and response yeah. with all the women, you know, including the servant women, kneeling before him and all giving him the eye, you know, and stuff, you know, <laughs> yeah. but basically, but I just thought, I, and that scene says so much about the genders, about the, the repressed sexuality, about the... the about the, that culture. Yeah. About that culture. I just thought that that was a, a great moment in the film. That was one of my favorite moments. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. You know. And the thing is, and, I, and I'm going <clears> to... <throat> here's the thing. I'm going mm-hmm. to say, this is not a particularly well-directed film. In other words, uh, it's, not a, uh, it's not a film where the direction... Um, the, the direction of the film does not harm it in any way. No, it's, it's yeah, it's it's kind of but it, functional. It's, it's functional, it, but it's but it is just functional. This is mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. this is uh, uh, to a large degree uh, meat and potatoes television style direction. Yeah, there's not any great moments of like no. in, of great inventiveness in like editing or camera angles or something that makes you go, oh, whoa, that's really yeah. But it's, it's it just, but with this but with a script of this time, yeah, it's not really necessary. Yeah, this is a this is a solid little script. Now, uh, if there are times looking back on the movie that I kind of wished for a little bit more directorial flair, but at the same time, I think that if you did, if you if you went a little too far, you, you almost feel like somebody with that that penchant for creativity would want to push some of the the more subtle things a little, a little over and keep them from being keep them from being the things that I enjoyed about it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't well, know. I think also this film has a solid enough cast that carries, I mean, I think the yes, cast, I, I think the acting is very good in this film. I agree. It's particularly I agree. the two daughters, I think are just really, I think they're fantastic. They're the same really, really good in this I film. I think the, 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 uh, actually I think all of the, honestly, I think all of the women in the film are fantastic. Yeah. I yeah, think Nicole. honestly, the weakest links are the men. Not that, sure. they're, not that they're necessarily bad at it's all. It's just they, they have the least to do because right. Miguel is like the ultimate poker-faced... I mean, if we think... It's funny, him and Alberto both share that is that they're so and non-expressive I, and, emotionally exactly. that they and just... Exactly, you've got to think that that was specifically oh, required think, oh, of them for so. the story. I think, I think Miguel's gotten so used to hiding because he's... Oh, he's we should to. say, we haven't said this so far on the show, he's, he's helping the underground. He's helping the rebels yeah, who are the, still the, out there. The, the male servant, the gardener guy, is, is actually stealing food from the house and sneaking mm. it out under... Uh, at night, into the into the hills to mm. to to feed the uh, the mm. what would you call them? The, yeah, I guess the I guess either rebels or or or, or refugees or I, I, um, the, the, the defeated basically. Unfortunately, yeah. they're the lo- yeah. they're the ones who lost the war, and so they're in hiding, but they're not wanting to give up yet. They're still wanting to carry on right. the fight, so they kind of take into the hills, and he he smuggles food to them. So yeah, I think he's just gotten so used to to having to hide everything that he literally just cannot react to anything, you know. Even when he literally gets you know sla- hit with the riding crop by Louisa, you know, when she's her. Oh, or, I know. Or then when he's later seduced by her, you know. Either way, he just kind of reacts to everything with the same. He just he just doesn't show any emotion whatsoever. Well, I think that scene where where Louisa attempts to seduce him. Yeah. I think that he knows damn good and well mm-hmm. what the repercussions of. Giving into that yeah. is going to do oh, yeah. him. Oh yeah, and the only reason he does later is because he knows that he has to. Yeah. Because now she's found out his secret. Right. If he, does, if he does it now, he's yeah. he's done. So, yeah. 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 The um, okay. So the giallo aspect. There mm-hmm. are. There's like a. We got a dead cat, mm-hmm. and then we have uh, the fake suicide in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's talk about. 
Another point that you point you, you this isn't a, this isn't a giallo moment, but it is a point that I wanted to bring up. You mentioned earlier that there are a couple points in the movie where you that either Alberto and uh, the younger sister mm-hmm. are collaborating mm-hmm. or they're not. Mm-hmm. In other words, either it's how we see it played in the film, or mm-hmm. there's something that we're not. There's a there's a there's a collaborative collaborative process happening behind the scenes that we're not privy to. Mm-hmm. And one of them is, uh, well, the one that I think that is most obvious uh, to talk about is the one in which they decide to go writing. Yeah, yeah. uh, And they're they're married now, Mm -hmm. but the the, the younger sister convinces Alberta to go Mm -hmm. go writing. At first, his wife is not going to join them. Mm -hmm. And you're starting to see, okay, well, Mm -hmm. with that scene, you're like, okay, this is where the rift the rift starts and there's going to be this kind of thing. But then later on, she shows up and comes riding up toward them. She's decided to go, she's decided to ride along with them. And they, I can't remember which one of them. I can't remember if it's Alberto. I can't remember which one of them says, Hey, let's, let's, you know, let's sprint out ahead. I think it, yeah, I think it was Luisa. I'm pretty sure he said, let's let's make her run. Let's make her chase us or whatever. And they, right. Yeah. Which is a playful thing. No one is doing anything. Now, that's the ambiguous thing because mm-hmm. I don't, it has to be an ambiguous thing. Well, they certainly couldn't have counted on, I mean, they have to, you couldn't count, you couldn't, you count, couldn't on count on the fact of, which is basically the horse, Madeline's horse throws her and she becomes blinded by the accident. It's certainly not something that they really realistically could have could planned. Have predicted, you know, no. uh, yeah. So, so are they just basically trying to, but the fact that they, that he's willing to, run with her and is is that a sign that at least if nothing else that he's in some way that they're trying to maybe the whole thing of, of like really like but, slowly but, dry, like torment in some way madeline you know where they but maybe maybe, maybe not but yeah. we, and we don't know and right and i see why that might bother you but at the, at the same time the way the film plays it i'm mm-hmm. reading it straight which mm-hmm. is it's just a playful thing she's she's kind of like oh come on let's do this mm-hmm. and he's and he goes along with it mm-hmm no way to foresee the the tragic mm-hmm. circumstances that would come after the fact, but okay. So um, Madeline becomes blind by her fall, and at some point in the film, you know, <clears throat> once you become aware that a film is a jello, then you begin to question all the you know the the things that characters you know. It, and 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 there's yes. always the case with the blind characters: is the character really blind? Now, I didn't start questioning that from the first. You know, oh no, from, not at all, because she obviously is right. But now I want to ask you. Uh, well, what happens is. Where I started questioning it, and where it suddenly occurred to me, was the de- was the scene where Louisa is killed because that the way she is killed, which is dragged from you know sm- you know smothered with a you know made unconscious on her bed and or whatever, and then dragged to a, a bathtub when her wrists are cut, could have been done by a blind person. In other words, like I wasn't questioning at that point oh, yeah, yeah, if yeah, Madeline. Yeah. I was actually questioning though was Madeline the killer because knowing her way around the house and the fact that we never really see the hands whether they're male or female or you know they're kind of. Yeah, I they're, thought like you know this could actually be done by even somebody who was blind and so I wasn't really questioning at that point if Madeline was blind but I was starting to question if maybe you know I thought she could be one of the legitimate suspects as True. the killer. Agreed. Um, but. So what we find out is that, of course, you know, Madeline was blind for a while. By the she regains her sight, but she does hide it for the the last part of the film. She's hiding it basically when she catches Louisa and and Alberto in bed. She pretends to be blind at that point, even though she's not. By that point, she's already got her sight back, but we don't know that. Uh, and you know, and they don't know that. They think that she can't see that Alberto's in the bed with Louisa. 
So I want to ask you, um, story-wise, did you, would you have found it more effective if Madeline had been pretending her blindness from the first, like from right after she had the accident, or do you think that it no. makes more sense? No, because the film sets up very effectively with the doctor that it's not, he, the, the, the doctor uh, spells out the fact that she could regain her sight at any time because this is mm. not a physical, this is not a, this mm. isn't, uh, he can't attribute it to a physical cause. Mm. And I, I, it's, it's very telling that the the immediate question from Alberto is, so she could regain her sight at any time? And he is, and the doctor says, yeah, it, mm. it, it could be any time, mm. it could be never. Mm. So essentially putting any possible regaining the sight you know, on the table, mm-hmm. any time frame, we don't know. So that's that. That to mm-hmm. me says, mm-hmm. okay, so mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. possible she regains her sight. Mm-hmm. Is that going to play into it? That's you know, that's where you go immediately yeah. as soon as you realize you're in a film where people are going to be going to yeah. be killed. <laughs> well, and also I think that at the scene where she catches Louisa and well, she doesn't. I mean, she catches them. They don't know they're being caught, but where. She tells Louisa that she's pregnant and doesn't know. Don't tell Alberto. I want to surprise him. I'm pregnant. After she leaves, that was the thing that kind of made it seem to me like Louisa was not in on Alberto's because the fact that she obviously is really angry with, you know, now, the way she yeah. even says, she even says, like, she, you're a, feels, she says, you're a great man, you know, like she just kind of sees. Now she's pissed. And I love, and I love that it's hypocritical of her. Oh, it is. To feel that way now. Yeah. Because very much she's so. damn good and well. She knows damn good and well. Yeah. That these two people are married. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This man's married to your half sister. Mm. Obviously, they're having sex. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Now and now, now she gets all fucking up on her high horse because mm-hmm. oh, you made her pregnant. It's like, yeah. woman, but he's fact, in your yeah. bed. I know you're happy to have him there clearly yeah. until you discover your sister's pregnant. But what the kind fact, of bullshit? but the fact that that she, I think, thinks that Madeline is going to have that she actually thinks Madeline's now Madeline's going to have his child. They're going to be they're truly locked in. Like yeah. she, I was thinking yeah. she's probably holding it some some holding out some kind of hope. Right, in that other she's words, going to be. But once she realizes, she's standing in a room yeah, too, with yeah, a couple of yeah, doors and a window, yeah. trying to figure and that out kind of which made one me think. That kind of made me think like they had not been conspirators in all this, you know. Agree, as I far agree. as having a plan together, this is what we're going to do. Because I think at that point she realizes I really am out of the picture. If she's having his kid, I'm just going to be pushed further. You know, I really am just going. to I really be, am going to have to go away. I'm this just going to be. I really am going to be the mistress. You know, I'm not going to be. That's that's the most that I can hope for. And so that I thought was. Was kind of the point where that's what I sort of got from that, but uh, I agree, I agree. But uh, um, so, uh, do you have any other? Um, I wish I could remember what the hell. Oh uh, well, we'll say because we have mentioned that Louisa then dies next. Louisa is is somebody slits or Louisa's wrist to make it look like she's committed she suicide. committed suicide in a bathtub. Yeah, and so uh, that's where the police get called in, and this is where. We see. We our, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk. Here's okay. where we see Mr. Nashy. He's actually the <laughs> no. the. Yeah. We actually see Paul Nashy. Now we have in one scene, by the way. Yeah. Now we have talked before about uh, we. Well, I know a big part of this show is <coughs> our, our analysis of the various uh, hair pieces and rugs that <laughs> Nashy is list. This one might oh, be. Well. This one might take a prize of some sort. I'm not sure just well, what. Now but. here's the thing. It is in my it is my belief, and I've done a little research to check uh-huh. on this. I think that this film may have been shot around the same time that he was making. Uh, uh, death of a president. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. Yeah. And uh, the 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 reason I say this is that uh, the time the time frame for when it was filmed kind of lines up. Mm-hmm. And strangely enough, I think I think the rug is the same. 
I think it's close. I think they yeah. just made him look a little older. I think they've like mm. put some flour in it or something. Because I was trying to, well, it was the color of it. See, like in my notes, I even put, did he borrow it from Shatner? You know, because I was like, because <laughs> the color of it, it seemed to me like it's almost like, it, like lighter or blonder, or uh, not blonde, but like lighter color than normally what we see for him. Well, I, I think I so. But I think that I mean, he, basically, it's it's essentially a one scene cameo. Oh, he sure. Play, yeah. He plays I mean, a he's... he plays a police inspector. Yeah, and Alberto, and they basically ask him to not let the not gossip about, not let it get out that you know that because they don't the family's reputation, they don't want it you know destroyed. And and and, yeah. and of course, this police inspector goes completely along along with this because mm-hmm. that's exactly what you'd expect from mm-hmm. a pa- uh, from mm-hmm. a essentially patriarchal sure. Sure. culture i mean this is mm-hmm. this is this is not a surprise uh but i i do think that uh it was probably from that period the uh one commenter i've i've seen said that it looked like there's some mm-hmm. blonde dye in the wig yeah okay yeah that's what i'm you know <laughs> maybe that's, that's true yeah. from, from from my perspective it looked like maybe just somebody sprinkled some, some <laughs> Some flower in it. I don't yeah. know. It's an it's an attempt to make the you know yeah. the, the character look a little a little older. Yeah. But uh, the scene's perfectly good. Oh yeah, Nashi yeah. Nashi plays the scene fine. It's mm-hmm. in the the, the, mm-hmm. the scene is fine. And like I say, what's not nice about it? It does it does reinforce the whole um, the whole idea of how easy it would be to get away with this kind of thing when you're in that mm-hmm. position in this culture. Mm-hmm. It's not even. Um, I mean, he's not even looked at twice. Yeah, it's it's barely looked at once. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. the, um, the 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 when when Nashi finally did show up, my, my initial thought was, oh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. all right, all right. Mm-hmm. And I think there's is there about is there about ten minutes left in the movie? Oh yeah, it was it was ten minutes from the end of the film? <laughs> yeah, that he that we see him. But I was not sitting there like I say. I wasn't. Yeah, sitting yeah, no, it just, him, yeah, so, it wasn't yeah. saying like you know, oh thank God, now she's you know, it was just more like like okay, <laughs> he is, I was like okay, he is in the film. We can actually say he's in the film. <laughs> okay, that's you know, <laughs> I know because it's going to say I'm starting to worry. Yeah, so be like yeah, it's like uh, well, we may have to. <laughs> Wait to change the name of this episode to the non nashy cast, you know, for this episode. I, know, I don't really know what the hell this is anymore. <laughs> um, well, what, okay. Uh, did you? Oh, did you notice that this was the return? Uh, what of uh, musically? Yes. Of uh, 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 Artiga. I think it's saying. I think it's. Angel Artiga. Artiga. Yeah, I believe that's how it's. Who did? Who did the scores for? Quite a few oh, nations. Rises from the tomb, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it was really nice, and I, I, I did love the music. Mm-hmm. I did love the music in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, very pastoral, very, yeah, very piano oriented to reflect Madeline's character. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I, I really enjoyed the music. The, uh, it's, you're right. It's an 85 minute long film. It definitely does not overstay its welcome. This is no, not no, a movie that I, I never felt. Uh, I never felt. Um, like checking my watch. Like yeah, I say, the no. only the only time I the only time I did was. When it, when it suddenly occurred to me, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, I haven't seen Paul Nashi. Because there was this little thought in the back of my mind of, did I see him and not realize it? Yeah. Is it that small a I kept, I kept thinking he was going to maybe show up as one of the, what is like maybe the leader of the, the gang, you know, the, the guys see, in the hills. See, that's what I wanted when, when, well. when you kept seeing Miguel go out to like meet these guys, I kept right. thinking that Nashi was going to be one of those guys, you know, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, this was... This was definitely the epitome of, uh, I guess, earning a, either doing a favor or earning a quick day pay, day's paycheck. From know, what I have read, mm-hmm. Nashi was friends with the producer. Okay, and that may have been uh, what uh, he, yeah. what convinced him to do this very small. He role. probably needed a name of, I mean, because even yeah. though some of the actors in this film went on to do, you know, 
quite a number of films. Some of them didn't, but for a lot of the people in this film, this was really early in their career. So I think yeah. in terms of name recognition, they didn't have a whole lot of people in there. So maybe he just needed to put somebody, you know, somebody say like, hey, you know, it's their friends saying like, hey, can you can you give me something so I can give you a, put your name in the cast, you know. Something else that I think is pretty interesting to bring up, just briefly, I mean, mm-hmm. we, we've talked about, and it's true, we are definitely not Catholics. So there's, right, a, there's, right. a, there's a whole subset of the uh, the kind of symbolic nature of some of the actions in this movie that are not necessarily something that we're going to pick up on. Sure. Unless they're overt. Right. Now, yeah. you, you er, earlier you mentioned the uh, the whole thing with uh, him only being in the house for a certain period of time and suddenly he's essentially leading the religious yeah. right. uh, services in the house. Mm-hmm. But something else that I thought was neat is there is a character who's in the film a couple of times, a priest. Right. And the scene that really kind of stands out is... Yeah. This is after uh, Madeline has been blinded. Yeah, yeah. He's, vi- he's visiting. Yeah, he's that up. He's visiting the house, mm-hmm. and the priest kind of—it's really weird. It's like he's yeah. trying to justify her blindness. Yeah, yeah. As part of like a divine plan, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's that same bullshit you hear from oh. these people all the time, <laughs> where where they're just, oh yes, you're, a, you're you know, it's it's mm-hmm. th- this is this is God's plan and. Nice. And this this is obviously this is this is something for you that you'll grow from, and this is da da da. It's like yeah. no, 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 dude. I've got a big sword stuck. Yeah, in the my only worst blindness is like spiritual blindness. He's saying as oh, long as you can see, as long as he is like you don't, you know. It's just yeah, it's it's he's kind of throwing out these platitudes. that's yeah. trying to the most the most simplistic and obvious things, and it and it's and it's really kind of insulting. And I got started to get oh. a grin on my face, and then it becomes oh, the, very obvious uh, that the the filmmakers feel the mm, same way yeah. about this bullshit yeah. because he's barely paying attention to her because she's blind and he knows it. Yeah. And he's sitting there chewing away just, on crackers uh, and the stuff. The scene ends with the perfect line. Go ahead. And and it, yeah. Well, I can't remember exactly the line. He's essentially... Well, he says... He says, he says, he says, he says Do you have that rich cheese, cheese that I always like? I know. He just, he's basically there. Just, he's just there. And that's the end of the scene. Yeah, he's just there. The filmmakers could not be yeah. more clearly saying, yeah. this man's a hypocrite yeah. and an yeah. asshole. <laughs> and he's a priest. I mean, I think you see him earlier in the film and... In the first, the first time you see him after when they're coming out of church, right? And in that scene, he's essentially emphasizing how good it is to have a man. Yeah, in the now house. you finally got a man back. He's like, and also he tells the girls, he goes, that you, you know, you haven't been, to, you know, at, at your age, you need to just pray voraciously, you know." And, oh, I know. It's like, <laughs> in other words, at this age, your loins are aflame, yeah, small no. children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he even says something like, "When there's not a man around the house, bad things happen." To that extent, he's like, you know, and it's yeah, no, like it's, he's, it's, he's, it's, it's a little arch, but it's yeah, clear. It's, it's, Kind of like just like yeah. he's just obviously like you know women are just it's all going to be bad until a man comes in and just takes <laughs> it takes it yeah. takes the rain and starts fucking both of you <laughs> which is you know, yeah yep yep one way or another that's not necessarily being said but it is the uh, uh, undercurrent so uh, kind of one last thing I want to say about sure. the the story elements that I liked is is the way the contrast between the servant class and the the house owners the the aristocrats there's a lot of nice contrast and interplay between them that we we see effectively in a lot of films of this type. We see it a lot in a lot of British, obviously, series and films, you know, that deal with... Kind of the upstairs-downstairs. Upstairs-downstairs thing. And they do this to the fact, like, you know, obviously there's some scenes that are obvious exposition, but where the servants are used to give exposition regarding, you know, to tell us more about the lives of the people they serve. Right. But it's done very naturally. The three servants, you know, um, and one, you know, you mentioned the first is like, 
how sultry the girl is, you know, the girl servant is. And the thing is, she's sultry because she's allowed to be. Exactly. Servants were allowed to be because, you know, servants, it's like always the case is servants are allowed to get away with more because less is expected of them. They are looked upon as being of the earth, of being like, uh, and it's been that way with servant classes always, you know, they're allowed, like their their views being like, well, they're just more openly sexual because they're they're just less refined, you know. They're less uh, they're 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 you know less blessed. They're less uh, <laughs> you know they're they're just and 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 so. But what what what's the, I think the film kind of underscores is kind of their endurance and the fact that they ultimately come through all this relatively unscathed. I mean, you know, one of the things oh, yeah. I love is I love the last scene with the servants we get, and it's after Luisa's died, and they're back down eating around the table. And, uh, you know, there's been some tension between the, the servant girl and Miguel because he's kind of been ignoring her because he's become more and more preoccupied with, uh, you know, and more and more used by the people like Alberto and Luisa. And he's also been more and more preoccupied with just getting caught, you know, more stressed. So he's kind of like been ignoring her. But they're all sitting around the table eating and they're talking about, and the, the, uh, and the, the woman's talking about how all the tragedy that's befallen the family. Uh, but there's this great little bit where he's eating and he's just a really sloppy, he's just a real like, yes. you know, and 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 the woman the mother the woman kind of you know scolds him you know for being such a sloppy eater and and the girl kind of gives him a grin and it's just I thought a great little touch the kind of thing like for them you know their their lives are going to go they're kind of they like they suffer they're, they're the, they're they suffer the most you know the, the the servant class always suffers the most but they're also the ones that kind of endure and and are kind of outside all this soap opera kind of turmoil that's going on with <laughs> it so I thought that was all very well handled very I, well played, I agree you know, I yeah. agree the 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 thing is the this is a this is a this is a neat script, in that it's very smart in as we've already discussed in in sketching its characters and, and allowing these characters to, to seem mm. three dimensional. Yeah, there, there's not. Um, we, I can see your complaint about uh, trying to discern trying to discern what Alberto's up to. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the movie, <clears throat> when by the way he dies, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. violently. Uh, well, he doesn't die violently, but remember, he's, you're talking about Alberto. Yeah. Well, no, he's. But you get the impression he's going to die violently. Yeah. Well, he's he's going to be executed. Basically, Madeline frames him exactly by killing herself. I right. know she frames. You know, she commits suicide. She well, kind yeah, of reveals I mean, he, to him. He, he's and so the sense you know they're leading away. You know, he's going to the gallows. Yeah, he's or, going to the gallows. He's, yeah, he's so going right. to be yeah, killed. Yeah, you don't but see it, but the, you know the beauty of it is that at that point, whatever he's been, whatever his machinations were. Whatever things he kept in his head and kept to himself about his plans and his opportunities and his possibilities for the future, mm. they don't fucking matter anymore. Oh, yeah, right. All those doors just swung closed mm. with the sound of that gun going off. And you were right earlier. I like what you said earlier about he he achieved his goal. If if his goal, oh, yeah. he got to become the patriarch for like a week or a day or however long it <laughs> well, lasted. Oh, he got no, to was, reach that top well, of it. Was a few, it was a few, it was it was long. It was, it was, it was, it was a few funny. weeks. Yeah, yeah. it was and, at least uh, yeah. a few weeks. Yeah, 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 but the, but so but that, for a little while, done, but yeah. then it's yeah, but then that tumble from that that hill is 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 pretty is a pretty long and and, and far. At, and at the end of it, isn't that kind of, you know, there's I, I want to draw this parallel. I really need to draw this parallel. And I'm, I've mm. been waiting to draw this parallel. Yeah. And I'm afraid that I would forget to, which is that the compl- one of the complaints or one of the the statements that's often made about uh, horror movies mm. is that they are at their heart conservative because it, the the people who are killed, the people who suffer in a horror movie, are essentially the ones who are seekers, mm. who are who are going out of their way. They're, they're the ones that don't fit into society. They're the mm. ones essentially, it's the old you know the 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 nail that stands up gets hammered down. Yeah. That is what a horror movie essentially, in a lot of ways, is, mm. which is a conservative tale mm. of. 
those who stick out being punished for what they do. This story is very similar. Mm. Even though within the context of the story, they're railing against religion, or at least Catholicism, or at least the priesthood within this culture, Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's a moral story. Mm-hmm. It is a moral mm-hmm. play. We mm-hmm. might almost say mm-hmm. that it is a moralistic play in which all these people have to suffer because of this man's ambition. Mm-hmm. And it's this man's ambition that brings not just himself down, but yeah. the people around him as well. Yeah. And um, I do like your point that the, the servants, will, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll go on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Whatever happens, whatever is them, they'll yeah, they'll they'll but, find a way to survive. So. But that makes this, regardless of how the the creator, the writer mm-hmm. of this film, may have felt himself, to, he may have felt himself to definitely not be conservative. In the end, the, mm-hmm. the 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 end of that story still is a very conventional and somewhat conservative take on life, yeah. which is if you step outside of, I mean, so granted, of your, of your, yeah, right. uh, if you step outside of the parameters that society sets for you, even if you keep mm-hmm. it from everybody else, mm-hmm. you'll you'll get you'll get caught. One mm-hmm. way or the other, you will get caught. You mm-hmm. will be found out. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's neat that um, you know there's that there's that parallel, that that mm-hmm. argument against uh, that argument that so many horror films are so uh, conventionally conservative, you know, uh, small C conservative to a large degree. Mm-hmm. And this film in the end ends up being as well, even though within the body of it, mm-hmm. it tr- it's trying very hard yeah. to be the opposite, to point mm-hmm. to, uh, hypocrisy within, uh, the, the, the society and the religion that is so much a part of the society that shapes so much of it. And I thought, I thought that yeah. I, just, I just wanted to make that oh, point. It, that, yeah, it is. No, I, I agree. The parallel is there, and I think that that uh, and that is always the tension in a lot of horror movies is 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 what what of horror movies what elements are subversive and what elements are the star preserve the status quo. Right. I mean, look at this film. You know, Madeline. We kind of can say that her turning her back on her art is what ultimately leads to her downfall because early in the film we see how much she's practicing because she's totally focused on this concert concerto she's right. going to give. Which she never ends up giving because she falls in love and decides to become the and she's on her way to becoming the 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 wife bear of children you know lady of the right, house or, yeah the woman who runs the house yeah. you know and so in that respect that's almost a kind of an opposite of a conservative sort of that's almost in a liberal way saying like you know like like you know her arts were going to be her salvation was going to be her salvation and and right. you know but you can I mean you can read those subtleties in all of it so there's always those that's one of those great tensions and we've seen those tensions so much in Nashie's films that we talked about so much those yes. old world versus new conservative versus liberal aspects of oh, his yeah. personality you know coming out you know and, and, and all of this being it being and all warring within Nashie and within yeah. you know the people who tell these stories yeah. the yeah, the sure. push and pull between mm. these two these two poles mm. and it's I, I really love seeing that, and I love it's much seeing more it. interesting than, than the than the same. We see the same tension on Facebook every day, but it's just somehow it's just <laughs> somehow just much more enjoyable in the, in well, the context 80, of a film. This, than, this, uh, this, this is eighty five minutes long. Yeah, and at and the end of eighty five minutes, this sucker's over. Over, and, and you can uh, yeah, yeah. Facebook it just never it's stops. just never freaking stops. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say that. Uh, <laughs> I, I once again pulled out the the, vid- videos. the videos uh, career length com. Uh, 
uh, interview with uh, Nashi to see what he had to say about this one because he commented on everything. I always wondered how many of our listeners have, because we've mentioned this magazine so many times, how many of our, if any of well, our listeners have. If any of them have actually hunted it oh, up yeah, and yeah. found it and all. Because uh, I figure they been, must because we yeah. like mention it constantly. This uh, I've issue been contacted you. by a few of them who have sought it out, have sought out the whole run of them. or uh, mm. And I know that some of them tracked down, uh, someone had posted PDF files mm. of all the issues of videos. Mm. But, about this film, this is all that is said. <laughs> a collaboration of little or no interest in which I played a small role as a police inspector. Now that's Nashy meaning of little or no interest because I'm not in it much. That's okay. He had nothing oh, to sure, do with Oh, sure, sure. He has nothing to... to yeah. He, he showed up him. and did a yeah. single scene yeah. <laughs> for a buddy is what yeah. it boils down to. Yeah. Now in the... Uh, <laughs> I, I like this too. And I have, to, I have to agree with some of this, but not all of it. The uh, the rundowns of his films oh, yeah, uh, that are listed of... as an appendix at the mm. end of his uh, autobiography. Right. This is all that's said: unambiguous direction, poor script, and in and uh, a brief appearance by Nashi as a 1940s police inspector. I disagree about the script. Yeah, I, I do too. I do too. I, I, do, I can, I do, I can, I can like concede that the direction is maybe not not nothing to write home about. Yeah, it's not it's not great. No, but yeah, no, I thought the script was 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 very well done. I thought the script and the acting uh, were were quite good. <laughs> here's here's something interesting. Mm. Uh, a few nights ago, um, I sat down to, I sat down to watch uh, a film called The Hollow from a few years ago. It's a film that takes yes, place. Yes, I've been I've been wanting to see this. Or, or <clears> let me dissuade you. Oh, okay. Now, here's what's funny. Our buddy John had told me when he saw that I was going to watch it, he said. Yeah, I, I I watched that. Yeah, because how can you not with a name like that? Right, you, you kind of think, it, oh, it's going to be kind be, of a cool right. Halloween. Kind it takes of place in Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, right. The whole yeah. idea of it being a modern yeah. modern day take. Yeah, and he said, yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> but I was like, nothing's going to dissuade me when I decided to watch a horror movie. Yeah. I watch a fucking horror movie, right? Yeah. So a few nights ago, I sat down to watch it, yeah. and for about the first forty five minutes, I was like, this is not a bad little movie. I think yeah. John's got his head up his ass. This is mm. not bad. I mean, mm. it's not great. Mm. We think that about John anyway, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, but for the first 45 minutes, I was like, okay, this is, I mean, it's not great, but it's not mm. bad. Then the action started. Then everything started to happen. Then it turned into what it, you know, was gearing itself to be. Mm-hmm. And the movie just turned to shit. Oh, wow. And wow. it's a perfect illustration of a film that has a bad director. Yeah. Because the first 45 minutes is all on the shoulders of the script mm-hmm. and the actors. Mm-hmm. The actors are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stacy Keach is in it, mm. pulling an outrageous accent, but pulling it <laughs> off okay. <laughs> and the younger actors are pretty good. They're pulling it off okay. There's a few cameos. Eileen Brennan has a small role and things like mm-hmm. this, right? So for the first 45 minutes or so, it's like, okay, this is not bad, but that's all on the shoulders of the actors and the script, which is okay. Not great, mm-hmm. but solid enough. Mm-hmm. But then the whole last act mm-hmm. is all on the shoulders of the director, and it's just awful. Yeah. <laughs> the whole movie just turns to crap. Oh, that's a shame. And it's just like, yeah. oh, what a shame. But yeah. that is a perfect example yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of a bad director. Right. It's like, eventually you're going to figure mm. out the director's not that great, <laughs> because he's not going to be able to do something, and you're going to feel a distance from the film, and you're going to feel something not working. And it's like, oh, and with this one, with the hollow, once it starts to not work, boy, it really don't work. I mean, there's, no, there's nothing that works for the rest of the movie. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. But uh, this movie's not, I don't think it's terribly directed, but it, it's just, it's, uh, yeah. it's a uh, work a day. It's, yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's there, mm-hmm. it gets the job done, and it moves on. Yeah. But, so I guess we should, uh, we should 
we should uh, yeah some up your rank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, um, on a, on the one to ten scale, what do you end up giving? I give it a seven. Okay, I give it a seven because uh, um, you know, like I said, there's maybe a couple. I, it was eighty five minutes. Maybe I felt it could have been ninety. You know, I could have like I said, I could have felt maybe you, a little bit felt, more, you, you a little bit more fleshing out of some things. Understood. I think that there's a missing. I really feel there's a missing part at the end when we kind of get the whole. Where Madeline's basically revealing to Alberto, you know that that she's been able to see, she knows what he's up to, and all that. And then she, then makes, she ki- and then she killed her sister. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She makes a statement. She says, she says at, at Louisa's funeral, it became obvious. It was obvious to me that you don't care about anyone but yourself. You never did. Which makes me think that there was something filmed at Louisa's funeral that we were supposed to see. Now, that, that, not po- it's possible. Not maybe it was just a line to her, but it made me feel like. There was maybe something that he did or said, or there was something we were supposed to visually to me, what it to was, see that because it me, almost seemed to, to me, me like what that, I got yeah. out of that scene mm. was that at that point she already knew they were having an affair. Well, she definitely did. I mean, that's why she right? killed Louisa. Right. You know I mean? right, yeah. So at her funeral, mm. she had to have been observing her husband to see what his reaction to to it to this woman's yeah. death was. And maybe and, the fact that he wasn't even upset that she actually yeah. expected him to at least be upset about Louisa and the fact yeah. that she could and tell. the fact that he kept his emotions under control, mm-hmm. I think that that's what I read into that, mm-hmm. which was that mm-hmm. if you didn't, in other words, if you weren't emotionally dem- demonstrative mm-hmm. at my sister, your lover's mm-hmm. funeral, mm-hmm. That's I think that's the, the moment mm-hmm. when, for her, mm-hmm. that's what she needed to see to think of him as a monster. Yeah. She already hated him. Yeah. And now in her mind, no, I think you're, he's a monster. I, I think you're right. I think that's what she saw at the funeral. And I guess what I'm saying is I would have maybe liked to have seen that too. And yeah. just, it wouldn't have had to have been a long right. scene, but I and maybe would have question, liked to have seen that. See, that's that. a question of direction. Oh, sure, sure. So yeah, I yeah. can see what you're saying there. Yeah. yeah. But no, but I, I think the interesting thing about this film is to say about it is that I would not recommend this to a Nashi fan, but I would recommend no. it to people who just enjoy uh, European cinema or enjoy a good drama you know I would actually yeah. I would recommend it in that respect because again I think it's I think it's very well acted a uh, lot of good things to talk about a very interesting story and uh, and and like I said felt enough like an ashy film that it didn't feel out of place <laughs> I don't think it feels totally out of I mean obviously we don't want to do too many of these films where we own uh, that we call, that we call Nashy <laughs> cast where we have Nashy in one scene but you know it's I, I think it's I, I think it, it it has its place you know I, I, I think we're fine with just putting it as a as a regular Nashi cast and oh, yeah I, I gave it a seven I thought it was a good one well I ended up I I, I, I leaned toward a seven I ended up giving it a six okay I think it's a, I think it's a solid film I enjoyed mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. Uh, definitely not unhappy to have seen it right. it's a, it's a neat little surprise along the way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, very glad I'm very glad to have seen it and uh, the 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 joys far outweigh the the detriments in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a solid little movie, yeah. And certainly one I would never have sought out if not sure. for sure. the if not for this project that mm-hmm. we are we yeah. have undertaken. So, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed this one. This cool. was neat. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, I tell you what, guys, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, going to play a few ads, uh, and then you will hear a Dan's segment for this yeah. for this episode. Our man in the field has come through with another segment for us to play. Exactly. It's going to be, uh, I do believe he's touching on uh, another uh, horror host here. Yeah. So hang loose, folks, and we will be right back. And knowing Dan, is probably going to be some headbanging in this one, too. And I'll just, well, just call it a hunch. It's it, Dan. How it, can it, it not be? How can there not be? Right. right. We'll be back in a moment. Greetings, I bid thee welcome to Castle Duval. I am the Count Gordival, and in my castle you'll find all the luxuries of life. 
cobwebs, rats, roaches, dust, and all the things that make a castle worth visiting. And scurrying about within these rodent-infested rooms, you'll find people who will bring you book reviews, DVD reviews, game reviews, and lots of other things. There'll even be chances for you to win prizes and contests that don't draw any blood. So, without further ado, I bid you to enter the castle by using the doors below. <laughs> Hello everyone, Dan here. Now that Rod and Troy have done their Godzilla episode and Beyond Nashi episode, uh, it's time to come back with a segment here. And I'd like to do um, a horror host for you, uh, one that's kind of important. And also, speaking of important, um, I got a Facebook message this week from Wolf Cub number one, Paul Nashi's son Bruno. And he's got an announcement, which I'll share with everybody. But first, let's go ahead and get on to the horror host, which is Count Gore Duvall. Count Gore Duvall, whose real name is Dick Diesel, originally appeared on Washington, D.C.'s TV station WDCA. He was given his own program called Creature Feature, and it became Washington slash Baltimore's longest-running horror host show. Broadcast every Saturday night, on WDCA from March of 1973 to May of 1987. Count Gore Duvall's contribution to the American horror host tradition is very significant in a number of ways. Being that the show was based in Washington, D.C., there was a lot of political humor. That type of humor was atypical of the monster movie trivia and sketch-based comedy that proliferated most horror host hosting programs. Also, the sexual revolution of the 70s was not lost on Count Gore Duvall's show, as his guests for the show included several penthouse pets. Heck, a life-size picture of Vampirella was on the quote-unquote ceiling of his coffin, and that needs to be noted and flagged as important. He was the first host in America to broadcast an unedited version of Night of the Living Dead. He also secretly began transmitting his own show in stereo, a week before his station officially made the announcement, making Creature Feature Washington's first stereo broadcast. In 1998, Count Gore Duvall became the first horror host to present a weekly show on the internet, featuring streaming video of movies and shorts hosted by the Count, and interviews with celebrities and other hosts from around the country also contributed to the program, providing interviews, reviews, contests, and other strange and evil creations. There are also several regular features on the site, from movie and book reviews, to monster model building, and horror-inspired music, and even video games. Holy Russ Meyer flicks, Batman! Monster mashes are not the only kinds of film found on Count Gore's schedule. Brace yourself for an earthquaking shock. Nothing you have ever seen, nothing you have ever felt could prepare you for this colossus of entertainment. A motion picture so gigantic in scope, 
It dwarfs every wonder the screen has ever shown before. William Winkler Productions presents The Double D Avenger. Starring Kitten Natividad, star of Russ Myers Beneath the Valley of the Ultra Vixens. Haji, star of Russ Myers Faster Pussycat, Kill, Kill, Raven Delacroix, star of Russ Myers Up and New Super Stacked Titillating Talent. Plus a special appearance by cult movie legend Forrest J. Ackerman. All together in an incredibly sexy live action comic book adventure. William Winkler's The Double D Avenger. The bra-busting movie masterpiece of all time. Dynamic action. Spectacular thrills. Fantastic beyond comprehension. Astounding beyond belief. Boobs aplenty. Nothing the screen has ever shown can surpass the ample portions of this movie. You will be amazed when Chastity Knot, also known as the Double D Avenger, discovers the magical Crocozilla plant. You won't believe your eyes witnessing Chastity's new superhuman powers. You will boo the sinister, ruthless Al Purplewood and his buxom, villainous strippers. Chills will run down your spine in the terrifying Chamber of Horrors. Be mesmerized by the pandemonium unleashed in the lingerie store. There's also romance. Don't miss the Double D Avenger. Tumultuous, spectacular battles of gigantic proportions. Menacing melons, mile-a-minute car chases, hair-raising escapes. Over 18 boobs in this colossal show. You'll see it all. Kitten Natividad, Haji, Raven Delacroix. Together again in an all-new, never-to-be-forgotten motion picture. More fantastic and cantilevered than any they've ever done. A new high in big movies. William Winkler's The Double D Avenger. So awesomely abundant, it will thrill you to the core. Both Dick Diesel and Cleveland, Ohio's Big Chuck Shadowski have bit parts in the Midnight Syndicate vampire zombie flick, The Dead Matter. Chardon, Ohio's Midnight Syndicate is a group I will be spotlighting in the near future. And now, Bruno's announcement. Bruno sent me an announcement, and we talk probably at least a couple times a week. Uh, we're both the fan of the same kind of heavy metal, uh, the melodic, symphonic kind like um, the Spanish band Darkmoor plays. And in fact, this uh, message was about Darkmoor. He said in the message that he was in um, the video that uh, Darkmoor did uh, for the new album. And the song is called Imperial Earth. Uh, the album is called Project X and is out. Now, I don't know if it's out in America yet, but I know it's out in Spain. Uh, Europe usually gets these releases before we do. But uh, anyway, regardless, um, the song is called Imperial Earth. And not only does it uh, have Bruno in a bit part, um, the actual star of the video is Antonio Mayans. And uh, which is real cool to all of us Nashi fans. And um, so the video is uh, pretty epic. Um, they, they, they spent a couple pennies on this video. Um, so now I present to you um, Darkmoor, starring Antonio Mayans, and a cameo by Bruno Molina in the song Imperial Earth.
surrender immediately. In any other case, we must initiate the ignition.
Count Gordeval. Yeah, heard that. Uh, until I saw some of his stuff online, I had never uh, I knew the name, right. but I had mm-hmm. not seen any of his broadcasts. Of course, we're in the wrong part of the country sure, to have right, seen exactly. the original stuff. Anyway, yeah, so yeah, but he's had quite a yeah quite a run. I mean, he's definitely considered one of the, the heavy hitters out there among uh, the oh, horror hosts. And uh, and I think Dan makes a good point too that he's he's definitely I've always kind of heard that about him that he he's he's his stuff was a little more counterculture oriented. You know, it was a little more like I guess semi-adult oriented as far as some of the topics that he or some of the you know the humor dealt with you know kind of a little more things that were maybe a little more risque than than your average horror host does well, that you know, who kinda, yeah. does, does appear that some of his subject matter just from what i've just from mm-hmm. what i've uh read did did, <laughs> did did tend to be the kind of stuff that would maybe go over the kids heads yeah but oh not, yeah but yeah, not sure. be the, but yeah not kids be the could still enjoy him you know yeah. but, but yeah but he would he would be a little more uh had that kind of sensibilities realizing that he was probably also being his show while being watched by a bunch of eager, you know, monster kid, monster loving exactly. kids was also probably being watched by some stoners, you know, stoner 20 year olds. Yeah. I wonder what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, God, did I just sound like, <laughs> you see, I sound like Shaggy. Didn't I? Yeah, I was going to say Shaggy or, or Spicoli, one or the other, you know, so. <laughs> Either, either, either one, yeah. Both, they're, both. They're essentially they were the both same twin, character. Twin, they were both brothers from different mothers. So exactly. yeah, <laughs> if they were both in the same room, yeah. neither would run screaming from the other. No, so. no, there'd be a heavy haze in that room. I think. From, <laughs> yeah, you know, well, yes, there would be, and lots of Scooby snacking. You know, so uh, uh, um, the also the um, I I know you said you hadn't had a chance to watch it yet, but the video that he played from a that uh, uh, had a. Or the music he played from the video that has uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. that has Antonio Mayans and Bruno Molina in it is uh, very entertaining and and incredible production values. I mean, they really it's it, it, he's right to use the word epic. I need it's to, a, uh, I need to post a, that to the yeah. I'll, I'll post that to uh, the National. Yeah, dude, it's a lot page. of fun. It's it's really entertaining. Join us over video. on the Facebook page, yeah. folks. I'll uh, make yeah. sure there's a I'll make sure there's a link there for uh, this this uh, this video that he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, also, uh, you can join us over on the Facebook page, or you can write to us at nashicast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the segment where we would normally be talking to you about the letters that we were going to read to you, but... But guess what? We don't have any. We don't have any. We don't have any. This is becoming kind of uh, the standard simply because I assume mm-hmm. uh, we're doing the Nashicast less frequently. We're mm-hmm. definitely not out yeah. there every four weeks like we used to be. Yeah. Mainly because, uh, well, <laughs> the films are getting thin on the ground. Yeah. Uh, we're interjecting the interjecting it with the Godzilla podcasts over on the Bloody Pit, yeah. uh, as well as we're gonna we're trying beyond to ramp Nashies up and yeah. beyond Nashy the other Spanish horror films things like that. I mean, you know, we last last time out here we did uh, we did pieces, and in the future we'll be doing some more Spanish horror along those lines. Uh, well, not. Like pieces held. I don't nothing, know if anything's like, I don't think anything's like, like pieces. pieces. <laughs> oh my God. I thought we'd at least get some, uh, or I don't know if you have on the, I, well, that was beyond Nashy, so it would have come to our Nashy. We didn't get any mail on pieces yet, but it may just be that people are just too uh, dumbstruck to know what to say about <laughs> it. You know, maybe that, uh, <laughs> well, I will say this is, this is something that uh, we talked about last time. Someone asked us about um, movies with completely batshit oh, crazy right. endings. Right, yeah. And as, mm-hmm. of course, pieces certainly fits that category. Yeah. And I, I I started thinking about it, and it's like someone uh, someone wrote to me uh, on Facebook and mentioned uh, "Death Smiles at, at at Murder" or "Death Smiles at the Murderer," which I think is just "Death Smiles at Murder," mm-hmm. which has a completely batshit ending. But then again, that whole movie's insane. <laughs> <clears throat> that whole movie's kind of crackers to begin with. Mm-hmm. But I got to thinking about uh, outside of just uh, completely what the fuck endings. Uh, one of the neater things 
to me, is when a movie has <clears throat> some kind of twist ending, necessarily. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a twist that... It doesn't have to be the sixth sense, let's put it that way. Sure, yeah. Where something that's been staring you in the face for the entire film suddenly becomes obvious. Mm-hmm. But it is uh, it is neat to occasionally have something... Um, well, I, I think that sometimes it can be overdone. Let me give you a good example of <clears throat> a film, nay, a series of films, that... I think oh, yeah. does this whole kind of shock ending thing, and that's what the whole movie's built around. And I'm kind of, I, 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 I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not a fan. Let me, let me talk about this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a series of films out there, people, that you may have heard of, called Saw. Mm-hmm. Now, this started with a film uh, made by a, a, a filmmaker, James Wan, who actually, uh, I've become a huge fan of James Wan. I think that the movies he's made after Saw. Uh, are phenomenal. I've I've enjoyed uh, his movies. Uh, I think Dead Silence, uh, Death Sentence. Mm-hmm. From there on, I think that he's he's, a tur- he's 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 proven himself to be quite an effective and 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 very talented filmmaker. But his first movie was Saw, and uh, when that movie came out, I sat down and watched it, and I will never forget coming to the ending. And it's supposed to be this incredible punch of an ending this big you know yeah, what yeah. the fuck ending oh my god how can yeah. you believe this and the thing that i kept thinking throughout throughout that yeah. entire segment the entire ending was that's the stupidest goddamn yeah. thing i've yeah. seen in years well yeah that, that was on- makes no sense yeah it's stupid beyond all comprehension and it's just dumb yeah why in the fuck i mean because the whole thing is built around giving you this big shock of a surprise ending where this person, this this yeah. corpse in the middle yeah. of the floor mm-hmm. that you've been there, you know, these characters have been there with for what an hour, hour and a half. I can't remember. It's like two hours, whatever. It was the, longer than that, right? If it's long as I've seen the film, I can't. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, like, yeah. but they yeah. never notice that the, the guy's alive. The yeah. big shock is that he's not alive. That he's actually the killer, and he just stands up at the end of the movie. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. The character in the room with him is a doctor. Yeah. If you're a doctor and you're <laughs> ten feet away from a body and you don't notice for hours that the fucking thing is breathing, yeah. you're not worth it. You're, you're well, blah, blah, blah. well, that's yeah. I remember that film was very hyped when it came out. You know, the yes. anticipation for it had been building. Yeah, uh, and I remember going. I got to see it because I got free passes to see like a premiere at a local theater here, and so I was in you know a, a big crowd full of people, everybody who had the free passes to see it, and and yeah, I just one thing, I just kept coming away from I just came there were so many parts in the film that I just thought characters were doing stuff that was just completely idiotic. senseless idiotic yeah. that they would not that people would not do they didn't make sense within yeah, the context exactly. of yeah. actual humans interacting even, with even within yeah. yeah just even in this like even in this you know, whatever extreme heightened story of you know whatever it still didn't make sense it still didn't right. make dramatic sense that people would actually do these things you know I mean little things like you know, those guys are, you know, they're supposed to be a certain, like, they, those guys know that are in that room, know they have to a certain time before something happens, right? Right. And so, at one point, suddenly, one of them looks up at the clock and it's like, we've only got a minute or something, like, like they like they hadn't looked at the clock in an hour or something, you know, which is just like, <laughs> like you wouldn't look, you know, it's just stupid things like that, you know, like well, you wouldn't movie, have noticed. the movie like, had pissed me off yeah. long before then, and I haven't gone back to rewatch it, I'll be honest, because yeah. I didn't think it was any good, because the during the course of the movie, there were, there were these, uh, narrative jumps within the story mm-hmm. that were just I mean that were just mm-hmm. idiotic and I kept thinking well okay this is such an obvious fuck up that it's mm-hmm. something that they will explain further down the road mm-hmm. but they never do yeah. and so by the time you get to that big shock ending and I realize 
oh, all that thing, all those things further back in the movie, like three or four points where I was like, well, that was goddamn stupid. They're never going to get explained because they don't think they have to. Yeah, they well, thought that was perfectly okay. Well, the people who enjoy the series will say that one of the pleasures of the series is the way that they all, you know, things interconnect with the okay. other that they all connect. Okay, I know. I, I'm not saying that because basically the only other film oh, no, I've no, seen, no, 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 no. the only other film I've see. seen is the second one, and I actually thought it was I actually tolerated it better than the first one because the it first was. one had it was so better many, than the first. But one. that's as far as I went. I never saw any more. Okay, so. I have now watched the first four of them. Mm-hmm. Just the other night, I sat down and watched the fourth one. Right. Um, after a mu- after last month, sitting down and watching the third one. Mm-hmm. And I can say that I still don't think they're good movies. Mm-hmm. But I do now, after the fourth one, understand more clearly why someone could, you know, mm-hmm. put on the blinders and really, really... That's really, fun, is like yeah. picking out all well, the little, a, drawing the lines between... <clears throat> well, that's just it. Starting with the third one, mm-hmm. they really amped up all the connections and... And things happening at the same time as other things, and therefore things coming to a head mm-hmm. with information. You know, in other words, from film to film, you're gaining information that you didn't have in the previous film mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. tells you something else mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily need to know, but it does add to the convoluted nature of all the shit that's happening all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I can understand how you could enjoy this. It's. Overly complicated. It's grotesque and gory. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's got the huge kind of joyous cringe factor that mm-hmm. these kind of films kind of revel in. And I can enjoy that aspect of a film. Mm-hmm. And I can clearly now see why people would really, really enjoy this convoluted um, um, piecing together and interconnecting and intercutting of all these different things because... And it wasn't until this fourth one that I really kind of gave a nod to it because the movie's really fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Okay, the movie mm-hmm. throughout the movie, as with the as with the third one and the fourth one, I, there was there there come multiple points within the story, like in the first film, yeah. where I was just going, okay, that's really stupid. <laughs> Either you didn't have time to script this well, mm-hmm. or this is just you, you you've got to get this piece into place, and so yeah. you're just taking the most ham fisted way of getting it there that you can. And unfortunately, that is basically what it is. It's just, it's kind of sloppy. It's 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 bad storytelling, and they're just trying to get the pieces in place. But I will give them this: mm-hmm. the last ten to fifteen minutes, when it all starts to you know fold in on itself and show you the various mm-hmm. pieces and how they interconnect, I get the joy of seeing mm-hmm. what the okay. tricks are. I get it. It's almost like being shown um, uh, how the magician does his trick. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of neat. And I understand now, especially with the fourth one, I understand why you could really enjoy that. It doesn't make the films good. Yeah. Well, the first one, you remember, you know, and, and I'm not going to be able to totally elaborate and now why I felt this way then because it's been, I, because I haven't gone back to see the film since the first time. But the big thing that everybody knew was going to happen was they made, a, they made it obvious that one of the characters was going to end up sawing off his own foot. Right. Yes. I mean, because that was even shown in the movie poster. Right. So when you're going to see the film, that's what you know the film is building towards. It's building that tension of that at some point you're going well, to have to title. see. You're mm-hmm. going to have to see this guy saw off his own foot. And one of the biggest crimes to me of the film, or things that it really lets down, is is at the point that that happens, I could not buy that that guy that someone would do that at that point. You know, like it needs to be if somebody's going to do that, it needs to be pushed all the way to the point where, you know, they've been driven to that because they have no other you know, no other alternative, you know, there's no other, and, and like I said, unfortunately right now, the details now, I can't, 
I can't remember either because I've not. But I know I just remember at the time watching it saying like when it came to that point, this is the point that the film, the driving tension that everybody's been dreading, that they've been kind of tense about, knowing that it's going to come to it, is what's you know going to happen. I'm sitting there and thinking like, no, that wasn't his last option. You know, I'm just in there thinking, you know, and that just kind of ruined it for me. It's just like you know, it's like no, I just don't buy that he'd do that at this point. You know, yeah, it's just yeah. so. <laughs> that's just it. Like I say, that first film just failed and failed in so many ways for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Not to mention that, my God, the the acting. Yeah, the acting in the, the first film was awful. bad. The acting, yeah, awful. yeah, yeah. And, and from some good actors, too. Some actors who've done better work elsewhere. Well, but. after the fact, after being kind of marveling at how bad the acting was in the movie, mm-hmm. there was a part of me, I, I was of two minds. I was like, well, these, a lot of these guys are, con- I mean, you're talking about Danny Glover's guys yeah. made a bazillion movies. and mm-hmm. Surely, I mean, and but then I found out after the fact that they, they had to rush so fast. They had no rehearsal See, I'd heard time. that too. I'd heard like the, the whole film was made under a lot of duress of just, you know, just get it the, done, like get it done, get it done. Yeah, I'd heard that Which, too. Which, okay, that, that's perfectly yeah. understandable, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't change the fact that it's really crappily, it's really mm-hmm. cra- crappily acted mm-hmm. and just repeatedly stupid throughout yeah. it. And not, yeah. not to mention that, that whole ending, which, yeah. you know, fans, yeah, fans of the movie just think is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I thought it was dumber than shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was like, Good God, this is dumb. So, (laughs) I will say that, not a fan of this series, I'll probably eventually watch the rest of the movies. How many of them are there now? Seven. They stopped making it at seven. seven. And uh, I I was in contact with a a fan. I I did a post on the blog uh, after I watched the third one. Talking about how I'm not a fan of this series. Mm, (laughs) And, you know, here's why. Right. And this guy was a fan, and he said, well, you know, I, I, I am a fan of the series, and I, I really enjoy three through seven because they apparently all, I mean, they're like one big, mm. long, weird mm. thing that interconnects. Mm. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's that's interesting to know because so far the worst of them was the first. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't thought any of them were better than, you know, mm. the whole one to ten scale. Mm-hmm. As good as they've gotten to me is about a five yeah. because they're aggressively stupid mm-hmm. and Na- nakedly, they're, they're naked puzzle movies. Yeah. And, and, they, and if, they they have, even, if they have a virtue, it is that puzzle part, right? I mean, right. If that's what and, you, if it's right. that tying that they start to connect all together. That's but the, they're nakedly puzzle movies. Is t- The reason yeah. I put it that way is that they're not even trying to hide the fact that they're not good at making <laughs> yeah. the puzzle. Right, they're right. just they're wanting just, you to really be yeah. thrilled when the yeah. piece clicks into place. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. They don't really want you to yeah. think too hard about how the piece got there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Or what the piece? They just want you to go. Ooh, looky, the piece fit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, which is all fine and dandy, and I can enjoy that to a degree because there's a there. I understand with the fourth one, it finally clicked in my head why you could enjoy this and why this would be something that you'd really seek out to watch some more of. Uh, while at the same time going, mm-hmm. is this is pretty fucking stupid, mm-hmm. but the the funny. The funny thing to me, the other funny thing to me, I should say, is that I, d- I don't think they're any good, but I don't I don't have any animosity mm-hmm. toward the fans of these movies. Yeah, I, I just think yeah. that the, the animosity I feel are toward the people who are fans of the movies who honestly think they're clever. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, the thing yeah. is, okay, hold on, wait a minute. I actually will give you there's some cleverness involved mm-hmm. in this twisty-turny thing. Yeah. But they're just so stupidly written. They're I mean, just so dumb. And there's something else I started to notice. And this is a, this is a weird aesthetic choice. 
I don't think there is a single shot in these first four movies outside. Now, I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah. But it's something I definitely noticed in this third and the fourth one. There's, I mean, they go out of their way, mm-hmm. it seems, to never have a shot that's not indoors. Yeah, I seem to remember from that first one, just a bunch of parking garages, and then other than outside of the main room where everything takes place, yeah. it seems like everything was in parking garages and things like that. Yeah. And, things like and it's that. like, it's almost like, it's almost a world where there are no trees. <laughs> there is no grass. The sky does not exist. Or if it does, it's this dull gray green that everything, that all the walls and every place they ever visit is. Mm-hmm. Um, you would almost well, yeah, I know. You would almost you would hope that it is some sort of aesthetic choice, whether you like it or not. You'd hope yeah. that at least that's something conscious, you know, there that that they're realizing. I think that it almost has to be. Yeah, but well, one of the it, one of the number of things in the third one that I thought was so funny was one of this this big elaborate thing where this guy's tied at the bottom of this pit, and there's this big elaborate machine that's grinding up rotted <laughs> pigs, uh-huh. and they go out of their way to make sure you know they're rotting carcasses. Yeah. And this mechanism is dropping the, the pig carcasses into this thing that we're shown. And we're supposed to believe that this thing is grinding up these pig carcasses into this liquid that's going to fill up this pit and drown this man in this in this goop. Mm-hmm. It's just that, unfortunately, none of it is believable. First, <laughs> first, they show us the mechanism that is supposedly liquefying these pigs. Mm-hmm. And one look at it and you go, well, that can't liquefy a pig. <laughs> that is a series of five to six circular saw blades mm-hmm. that can't liquefy anything. It can mm-hmm. chop it up into pieces, but it can't liquefy this. Mm-hmm. The fuck are you trying to tell me? Yeah. Then you see the goop, and mm-hmm. it's like that 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 doesn't look like liquefied pig at all. That yeah. looks like I think oatmeal, maybe. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm, I'm supposed to believe this is the liquid. This is like the none of this. Okay, you're not working hard enough yeah. to, to, to sell me this. Yeah. You needed to show me a mechanism that would mm. at least in my at least convince me mm. this is like grinding this up into a liquid mm. really really fast. By the way, way too fast. Something else that doesn't work, which is that there's no way for it to do it that quickly. Yeah, it's just it's just like I say. These big elaborate things that are supposed to be just impressive and creepy and scary, and all I can yeah. think every time every yeah. time I see about every other one is, yeah. well, that can't practically work. <laughs> it's not that wouldn't fu- that would never function. <laughs> I mean, and then the part in the first film where the guy I remember too, where the guy like like they, you know, they're trying they're supposed to find the uh, like there's the clues in there and the, for the key and there's like an arrow pointing down like at the toilet and the guy like opens the toilet and the toilet's just filled to the top, you know, with shit, you know. And so the guy has to stick his arm down in the shit to like fill around the key. And then it turns out like the key is up inside the tank or something. And and I, I just remember like whatever it was, it was something where once again, it's like no human being, like any, any human being would have first checked out all the other alternatives of where that key could be or in that toilet before he would just <laughs> stick his hand down and, you know, and again, so I'm sitting thinking, so while you're thinking we're so, you're grossing <laughs> us out so much, you yes. know. That we're not going to sit there and, and, and think about, you know, like, you know, it, again, it was... We're not going to, we're not going to think, well, what would, you know, okay, you, so where would the key... Where would the key, key be? be? I'm hoping, okay, I'm going to make sure this key is nowhere else in this entire room. Before I commit before I to stick my this, hand down, yeah. and, you know, and it's just these kind of things that just drive you nuts. You like what the character is doing this. Well, see, that's just it. That's, that's another thing about all of these movies. I hate to say it, yeah. but all four of them that, so far that I, as, as far as I can remember, all the characters seem really, really stupid. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, like, sometimes yeah. aggressively yeah. stupid. Yeah. Now, yeah. one of the arguments that you can make if you're a fan of the films is that they're in these high-pressure situations. Yeah, they're not. And they're, uh, they're under they're, the gun. They only have a limited right, amount of yeah. time, and so they're not thinking clearly. Yeah, okay. I can, I can, mm. I can buy that to a degree. Mm. But then, once again, we fall back to these positions where, like in the fourth one, these people are in a position for 90 minutes. Mm. Plenty of time <laughs> to think about their situation, which unfortunately also gives me plenty of time, time to think about it. To too, think because... about it and go, <laughs> I really don't think that's a block of ice. Yeah, <laughs> because surely he'd be getting frostbite after ninety minutes with his foot on it, right? I mean, he'd be in a shit ton of pain. He'd be doing everything <laughs> that he could to make sure that he wasn't keeping that foot on the ice all the time otherwise it would become numb and painful and de- and he would the skip the flesh would start to die and this is where you know this is where my brain is going the movie's letting it go there yeah, because yeah. that's the situation it's created and it's mm-hmm. boy i did not mean to get off onto a discussion of the goddamn saw movies well it's like it's like a magician who you know what makes magicians tricks works or where yeah. is is the Slide of hands, he's following yeah. the hand, but it's like watching a magician, magician and you're watching all the hands that he doesn't want you to watch. You know, he's like, you're, you know, well, you're, like, you're, you're like, not the, following the hand you're well, supposed to be following, you're following the. Well, that's just the, it. It's, yeah. it's almost as if a magician is doing his trick and is unaware that someone has planted a mirror behind him. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. I can see yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. But anyway. I'm sorry, and I hope yeah. I haven't hacked anybody off who's a big fan of the Saw films. Because, like I say, I can understand how you could want to squint real hard and not pay too much attention to the dumber aspects of the mm-hmm. things and, and kind of enjoy them. But mm-hmm. I, the reason I'm watching them is it, it's, it's almost, a, it's mm-hmm. almost a, an after the... You know, it's like I never saw past the second one until last month. Yeah, yeah. And that's because I saw the first one. That's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. A couple of years later went, well, I can see the second one for free. Let mm-hmm. me see the second one. Okay. No, I know. No, I know what you it's, mean. It's like it was, nothing it was, draws no, it's me just to like, Well, it's just like a few years ago when I finally just kind of decided, you know, I want to, I want to see all the Hellraiser sequels. Not realizing at the <laughs> yeah. time that there were freaking nine of them, but you know, but once I committed <laughs> myself down that torturous, <laughs> torturous road, Jesus. you know, I uh, I've seen now all the Jason, you know, just uh, you know, about a year or so ago, I, I you all know, the Friday Thirteenth. I yeah. saw all the Friday Thirteenth slash Jason films. I uh, still have yet to see probably next, even though I know I'm going to regret it. I'm going to watch it, kind of make it through all the the Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, it's just this kind of thing well, that eventually a, you a, kind of want to. That's a bad path. By it way. is, it yeah. is. But you know, you get to this point where you put down things enough because you've seen a little bit of them, and you sort of like you kind of feel like eventually, okay, I'd like to see if there's something in there that it has to offer that I don't know. You know, in case because I've dismissed all this series because of the first few. Same with the Halloween. I haven't seen most of the Halloween sequels, you know, and oh, so and I know that lot, that's also a lot of I know shit that's in a, there. I think we talked about this before that we have both agreed that the Phantasm is the best modern series that's yeah, kept the yeah. quality for the most part has kept the highest amount of quality. But again, you know, you see the first couple of bad sequels and then you stop watching them and you sort of dismiss those series and then there's a part of you think like I feel like I need to well, the see night, the rest of these to see if maybe there's something thing. else in The Nightmare here. Films are a weird thing. Uh, first film's uh, yeah, we've just talked about an amazing, that, like an, ama- an amazing, great, great film. The uh, second film is it's weird it and kind of bad, yeah. but at the same time, there's something about the second one that is still entertaining. Yeah, and I think and, it kind of grows a little better yeah. when you distance yourself on the expectations that yeah. when it first came yeah. out. I think the more it goes on, you can kind of maybe more appreciate it for its own kind of thing for its there. own kinks to yeah, put it yeah. bluntly and 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 now the, the only, third one yeah. is is one that I actually like I think I think the first and the third ones mm. uh, Craven had a hand in the third one and yeah. scripting it 
And um, I think the first and the third ones are solid. I like I, I, the first one is great. Yeah. The third one is 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 pretty little movie. And, and my memories of of the not only saw it once, but I I remember I like the uh, new nightmare too. I thought yes, new exactly. nightmare was very well that's done. Where that's really where that's, that's what I'm looking yeah. forward to rewatching. Yeah, that, that's nightmare. kind of like that's like the before that horror before the, I haven't seen oh. it, but before they did that remake. Is it's it's almost if you want to slog through the nightmare films, it's like well at least new nightmares at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at exactly. least there's yeah, dessert. At least you could get, yeah, at least you <laughs> finish on a strong right, right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, because unfortunately four, five, and I guess Freddy's Dead is six. Yeah, Freddy's yeah, Dead. Is six, four, five, six, and six are yeah. all just terrible. Yeah, terrible yeah, movies. Yeah. I mean, they're awful. Yeah. There there are a few points of of interest along the way, but by the time yeah. they got to Freddy's Dead, that sixth one. Mm-hmm. It's like they weren't. It's like they weren't even trying to spend money anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's awful. Yeah. And by that time, it was just a cash cow. Oh yeah. They were making money hand over fist. Freddy Krueger was a, a giant clown doing mm-hmm. doing yeah. pratt sure. falls on television. Oh, very much so. Yeah. And I don't. I don't think. Uh, I probably will never. I don't know if I'll ever. Uh, uh, take this trek down the uh, Leprechaun <laughs> series. There's some series, oh, I don't know. the Witchboard yeah. series, you know. Although yeah. the first Witchboard film again is one that's actually not bad. I like you know? Yeah, but uh, but once again, I don't I've not know seen if these. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, Children of the Corn. I haven't made, gone past the first oh one God, with like 15, no. 16 sequels. I've read. <coughs> there are still you know, people but, who love Children of the oh, Corn. Oh no, it's got its own followers, back, and it's just like I saw that. I saw Children of the Corn in the theater, and oh my God, right. was that a fucking yeah. disaster yeah i, never I, I made the choice that night this is back when i was in high school yeah. this is this is like you know part two of ta- tales of rod when he was in boarding school <laughs> and i seriously uh uh i can't remember it was like me and a couple or three other guys and for whatever reason we went to see children of the corn because we were we read stephen king novels mm. and it's like oh stephen king film let's yeah. go and that was the point when every single short story he wrote was getting optioned by somebody i yeah. mean every single short story in that first uh, you know, those in the skeleton crew and also uh, the um, night shift, night shift yeah. all got bought and made into movies. And some of these you're talking about three page stories that got <laughs> yeah. turned into, you know, this franchise and got turned into like 12 films. Well, what was funny is that Children of the Corn was bad, mm-hmm. and it's one of those movies where yeah, you're, sit, you're, sit, you're, you're sitting further, with, yeah. yeah, you're sitting there with a group of friends in a the theater watching a movie, and there comes a point in a, in a movie that you know mm-hmm. that that it, that sucks. When you realize that not only are you realizing this, but the guys you came with are realizing mm. this, yeah. and it's kind of over. Yeah, yeah. The movie still got like an yeah, hour, yeah. but this is yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the moment for me was I can't remember how far we are into the movie at this point, but it's just like, oh, this really sucks. Mm. But there's a scene in the movie. The scene is in the movie. I, I just a year or two ago, I rewatched the fucking thing just mm. to see if, if my memory was correct. Mm. There's a scene where. They in their car. They pull up to this this intersection, in the cornfields all over the place, and you can see the entire film crew reflected inside the car. <laughs> I mean, dead oh, center awesome. in the fucking frame. I love it. You, the only way to miss it is to not know, is to either be blind or to just not even look at the bottom half of the screen. <laughs> And I'll sitting there in the theater and just looking at him seeing that and go, that was the first time I'd ever seen something like that in the theater mm-hmm. in my life. I'm a, I'm a teenager going, <laughs> wow. wow, that's incompetent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not, I mean, you're not even yeah. trying. Yeah. And I've, so you're, yeah, I've never, I, that's not true. I, I, I have seen one Children of the Corn sequel. It's called Children of the Corn, I want to say Regeneration or mm. 
something like that. And it's probably, I don't know, oh, it was shit. like eight, no, nine, eight. That was bad. <laughs> that, was bad. that was bad. It was like sorry. eight or nine, somewhere down the uh, road. I picked up the Blu-ray <laughs> for three bucks in a big Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Because I was like, ah, oh, what the fuck? And of course, I was able to get rid of that fucking thing. It was yeah, a terrible movie. <laughs> I was able to get rid of that and make some money. Yeah. But it's just, oh. There, there are people who've gotten all the way through all of the Children of the Corn movies and more power to them. Oh, I don't know that gosh. I'll ever be able to try. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like I think about I think about it and I go, no, no, no. I think I'll just go watch the three Omen movies again and I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> because I enjoy all three of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very different movies yeah, from one to the other, but yeah. I like them. Yeah. But Children of the Corn, pass. <laughs> Not going to do it. Never. Oh, well, listen, we're, we've, God, we've. Well, you know, I, I was just sitting there thinking, like, if we took this podcast and divided it between the time we talked about the actual movie and that it would be about <laughs> even, probably. I think we. Half the half this podcast we have not talked about the film, but uh, but it was but it was a good film and we've had a good time yeah, as always. Right. And I guess we should tell the people what we got coming up next. Right, right. Uh, next month uh, you'll have to switch over to the Bloody Pit feed, mm-hmm. uh, our sister podcast. Uh, next month we are going to sit down with our buddy Hudson, John yeah, Hudson. John Hudson. Yeah. I, I, I like James Bond. I introduced him as Hudson, Hudson John, John Hudson. Hudson. <laughs> he will be joining us. We just call Hud for short. So. Yes, yes. Uh, we'll be joining uh, Mr. Hudson to talk about. Uh, well, as as you've talked, as you mentioned uh, last time out, this is going to be a reoccurring thing in December. We're going to mm-hmm. do holiday films. Holiday, well, holiday or horror. horror. Well, yeah, holiday not just horror. Holiday, I guess, holiday horrors is what we can call it. Probably, okay, probably okay. What the idea is yeah, a holiday horror film. So uh, this December, next month, we will be talking about a holiday horror, but it's not the holiday that you think. No, we're yeah. going to start out by throwing you a curve. Mm-hmm. We're going to, uh, well, we're going to watch, discuss, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of chuckle about mm-hmm. New Year's Evil. New Year's Evil. That's right. Yeah. Now, this is not a hard film to see, folks. No, it's it out isn't. there for it's out there uh, free to stream on. Mm-hmm. Amazon and quite a few other places, I'm pretty sure. Nice and Blu-ray just came out about in this past year. That's right. Uh, Scream Factory slash Shout Factory has put out a, a apparently a really good Blu-ray of it. I haven't seen mm. it yet. But uh, yeah, New Year's Evil next month over on the Bloody Pit. Come join Troy and myself as uh, we uh, laugh our way through this along with John Hudson. Mm-hmm. Uh, should be fun. Oh yeah, it's entertaining now, film. Back here at the Nashi Cast, we're going to uh, in January. We'll be back here for the next Nashi Cast episode. Mm-hmm. It'll be number, I guess, it'll be fifty six. Mm-hmm. And we're going to uh, finally bow to, uh, well, I don't know if you call it pressure. It's not pressure. We're going to finally watch the film from two thousand two called Mucha Sangre. So that will be our January Nashi film. Uh, I don't know. Troy uh, I has. I guess that seen translates it. as lots of blood. I think is how that would translate. It, that's uh, I think technically whole lot of blood. Whole lot of blood. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Or blood holata. Yeah, yeah. Either, one or the other. I, yeah, I, I yeah. can never keep it right. Anyway, blood, we I, have lots. Yeah. I I am not the Spanish person thing. Yes. So do not mm. understand or speak mm. the language. Mm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Always have to add the yes. <laughs> but no, there is. Um, so uh, next month over on the Bloody Pit, New Year's Evil with Mister Hudson. January back here for the Nashi cast. We're going to cover Mucha Sangre, which uh, I will say uh, I'm a little worried because the first word description about what kind of film it is in the IMDb is comedy, and we have not fared well when we have dealt with comedies yeah. here on the Nashi cast. Yeah. yeah. So we're expecting, yeah, there's probably some things that get lost in translation. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so, uh, but. Uh, uh, Anyway, but yeah, fear but we the will, Spanish yeah. comedy, fear, fear it. 
Yeah, but we will soldier through. I don't know. I think this is another one that may only be available in special antenna places. I yeah, don't think yeah. Bucha Sangre is something that definitely is not going to be easy or hunting for you. Yeah. So, yeah. but you got two months to do it. So, you know. yes, yes. So start tapping away in your mm-hmm. Google machine and see what you can come up with. Yeah, uh, I do believe it's only in Spanish, so you're going to have to find subtitles for it too. So we're really sending some homework out there. I think. Yeah, <laughs> is it in English? Oh, I don't, uh, I don't no, know. no, it's subtitled. Oh, okay. but it is sub. Uh, but but okay. yeah, but we but the ver- there are versions that are subtitled out. There, okay, so. good, good, good. Uh, well, all right, folks. So that is our lineup for the next two months. Uh, we will keep you informed about uh, future months as we go along. Thank you once again for uh, for listening, downloading, and checking us out. We are the NashiCast here. You can reach us at NashiCast at gmail.com or join us over on the Facebook page. I, you've got to help me to remember. Even yeah. we've got to post that uh, video. Yes, yes, we do. If you can post it, you, you can post to, it. Yeah, post yeah, it. We need, but yeah, you need to go there. We will have the uh, video with uh, Antonio Mayans and uh, Bruno Molina up there. Uh, once again, I want to thank Dan, our man in the field, for yeah, contributing this time out. And uh, thanks again to all of you for checking yeah. us out and listening to us babble away. Boy, did we... Boy, yes, and we set new lows and standards. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you don't send us, if you don't send us emails, folks, we just sit and babble about saw movies yeah. for fuck's sake. <laughs> we want to hear your words, not ours. So write to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Talk to us. Let us know what's going on out there. So once again, thank you, and we will talk to you again next time. I am Rod Barnett. I'm Troy Gwynn. Bye, guys. Oh.